This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Craig. <laughs> who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, the, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Joe, stop yelling at me. I agree. And we are live once again here on the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich Craig alongside, as always, King of Banter, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? Hello. Feels like a while since we've done a show. It's just a week, right? We did a show last week, right? Yeah, I don't know why it feels... I guess it's good, I suppose. Did a show six days ago. I know, it felt like like a while. I don't know why I don't know. I feel like we just did a show. I feel like I, I miss right you. Back I, I guess I just miss you is all. So I'm sorry. It's, underst- <laughs> it's, under- it's understandable. I mean, uh, a lot of people miss me. This is Whoa, what's going on here? Oh, you got me in the background. You're what a sloppy shop this is. I got you. Brian I got Cage you was coming- right. Brian Cage was right. I got you coming through the phone. How'd that through happen? the phone? How'd that happen? I must have the. Uh, you got the YouTube link on your phone? I must have the YouTube link yeah, open somewhere. Happen. On one of these windows, we gotta pump don't up those fear. numbers somehow. Don't worry. <laughs> I uh, don't fear. I mean, yeah, I just turned the sound down very quickly here. Uh, all right, yeah, there it is. It is open. All right. <laughs> you don't want that feedback all show long? Uh, you know what? Here? Yeah, no, not really. No, yeah. Want to hear yourself? There's a little delay there. It's like four or five second delay. That is tough. Yeah, yeah. I've I've actually done. Uh, if you ever done like, um, I think it was. During Starcast, when I uh, well, interviewed you, <laughs> shall remain nameless, uh, at Starcast, uh, the, because they're a professional operation, and like in, in actual radio, you usually get like that feedback in your headphones. That's like a second late, and I fucking hate it. It's the worst. And I have a buddy who like sets up like like oh lefty. I did the six four three sports with him or whatnot, and and he runs a very professional operation as well. So uh, and the K and P show. I'm, formerly of the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, but when when he always runs professional operations, so he likes feedback in his ears as well, and it is infuriating to hear yourself like a second after you heard it. I don't know how guys do it. I honestly, I guess you just get used to it eventually, but God, it's like just, it, it, it really, it drives you nuts. I don't know why. Why would you be hearing yourself on delay in, in your headset? I don't understand. I'm not, I'm not sure either. It's, it's, I think it's a radio thing. I don't know why. I, I for the life of me, I never understood why they're like, all right, yeah, we'll give you feedback. And I'm like, I don't really need it. Like, just I'm good. I can understand what I'm saying, and and I know that I'm saying it. But I, I think it's a it's a radio thing. But yeah, every every time I've ever even either been in a studio, done something with a professional operation, done something with professional setups, it always has like that little bit of feedback on it. And I I don't know why it's it's I I don't love it. Wait, that's a feature on purpose? I think so. Yes. I wouldn't want that. No. Sounds distracting. I guess once you can hear yourself and make sure, but like, why do I, I don't care to hear myself. I never want to hear myself. I don't know. Listen, I like hearing myself talk. I, I listen to the show every weekend. Yeah. So you, you're, you go back and listen, which is just serial killer behavior. That's ridiculous. 
Why? I take notes because I take notes. I take it seriously. Are we pretty good? You know? What do you think? Are we? Are we, do we? Do we do a pretty good job? Um, <laughs> I used to. I used to hate most weeks, but I don't really hate many of the weeks anymore. I think we're really good at this. Pat myself on the back here, but I do listen back every week, and I do take notes of uh, you know shit that stinks, shit that works. Um. You know, just reminders for next time or whatever. But, I, you know, I, yeah, I listen back every week. I've listened probably to every show at least at least once. Some of them more than once. That's – I appreciate it. I appreciate the, the ability of or, – or the want to study or whatnot. I can't hear my own voice, though. I, I, um, I'm not a big fan of it. I, I get weirded out, and especially when, like, other people listen. Like, there's other people in the room. If it was me by myself, maybe I could pull it off. But, like, I would never drive in the car with Michelle and have my voice, like, through the oh, speakers. I, like, that'd be just bizarre. Oh, I listen to my solo audio every time. Like, as soon as I'm done. Like, I, I, I run right, I listen to it immediately as soon as I put it up behind the paywall. I mean, yeah, I listen to all that, too. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I listen to the show or I'll listen to my solo stuff and I'll think, man. Like, if this wasn't me, this would be my favorite wrestling. <laughs> I'm like, this blows away everything. Like, nobody is as good as we are. Like, I'd rather listen to our show after I already know what was said than a lot of than most other shows. Like, sometimes I think that. Is that egotistical? Uh, yes and no. I mean, we are pretty damn good, if I, if I do say so myself. And I think the, the the listeners agree, especially the $10 listeners that are listening to this live here on patreon.com slash voice of wrestling. They would agree, and, and I tend to agree as well. I think we're pretty damn good at what we do. Doing it for a while, too. We're veterans in this in this business. Other, other podcasts, they come and go, Joe. We're still fucking here. We've been Not canceled. We've been canceled seven times over. We're still fucking here. You know, mostly me, but not, not, <laughs> I, I think maybe I've got, I've got some strays here. You've there, gotten but... a couple, you've gotten some stray bullets. There's no doubt. Um, you've been canceled by association many times as well, but there, you know, at this point, there's not many that have been around longer than us. I mean, we're up there with the, you know, with the veterans now for sure. I mean, cause we're pushing a decade. It, people just don't last that long in this space. So. There's no doubt about that, but sometimes I'll listen back to like a Jovember to remember, and I'll be like, "Fuck, man! I wish like it wasn't me doing them because these are great." <laughs> so you could listen, yeah, right, right. Well, I have that like, um, you know, if I guest on uh, Music of the Mad, I, I, you know, Andrew Rich's podcast uh, on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, I love that show, and I like always. Anytime it's coming out, I plan like that part that day of the week is like when I'm going to drive to work and listen to Music of the Mad or whatever. Or anytime I'm, I'm a guest on any podcast, it's like. It's usually one that's like in my rotation or one that I listen to every single week. And when I'm on it, I'm lost that day. It's like, you know, whatever. It's like Thursday morning. And I'm like, oh, let's put on music of the man. I'm like, ah, I'm on it. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not going to listen to me and Andrew talking about Kevin Nash theme music. Like, it's a fantastic episode, a great episode, but I just can't do it. And then it throws my entire schedule off. It, 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 it Like, now what do I do to fill that gap? I have to listen to some trash-ass podcast to fill the gap. And that's just, yeah, it, it, it doesn't work very well. Yeah, so from that perspective, I think it's a little unfortunate that, you know, we're like the best show out there, and I we I can't enjoy it, you know, <laughs> even though I listen to it every time. Like, you know, now with the YouTube link, it's easy. As soon as we finish, you know, I'll go, everyone's usually asleep in the house, so I'll, I'll go 
downstairs, put my headphones on. I listen back to the show. I take my notes. I don't always listen to the entire three hours, to be fair. Uh, sometimes I'm like, uh, it, sometimes it sucks so bad that I'm like, I don't want to listen anymore. Because it like if it's a bad show, I'm like, oh, man, people are going to listen to this later. And it depresses me, so I don't want to hear any more of it. But most of the time, I think it's a really great show, and I'll, I'll listen all the way through and take my notes. And, uh, you know, with the YouTube link now, I don't even have to wait for you to upload it. You know, it's just right there. So, um, I don't know. That's, maybe that's psychotic behavior. I, let me, I'll tell you this. There's no question that the Voice of the Wrestling flagship is the wrestling podcast I listen to more than any other wrestling podcast. I mean, that's, that's a given. And it's my own show that I do. So, maybe that is a little crazy. I don't know. Um, I wonder if other podcasters listen to their own show or they don't. Yeah, I'm kind of curious too if, if if other people do. Like, I know, like, I, I'm certain that like Dave and Brian don't go back and listen. I, mean, I know Brian doesn't go back and listen. And I would maybe Dave would. I, I feel like Dave might, but but that's probably pretty tough. Yeah, I, I do wonder if there if there are any that are uh, uh, in the chat right now that host a podcast. Do you, do you ever go back and listen to yourself? Uh, ever and, and not not like editing like we all go back and, and and listen to ourselves when we're editing or whatever but legit like joe is saying get the headphones out put the phone on put it down and listen to yourself like just listen to the entire show i think i i would guess the numbers are pretty low but i'm always surprised when people do tell me that they go back and listen to their stuff and 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 you know kind of critique themselves and, and and study and research and take notes and all that sort of stuff which is really cool like i appreciate that people can do it i just like within two minutes of hearing my own voice i'm like i don't i'm, I'm done i don't want to hear this at all i hate it it's weird it's icky and, and i just want to get away and, and, and not do it especially after like I, I can't believe that after doing this show after three hours you go and then listen to it again like i'm exhausted when we're done with this show i'm just over it and done and ready to like not think about wrestling for like four hours but then usually like i finish the show I, I eat dinner and then i just probably like put on like monsoon classic or something or i watch wrestling afterwards because i am a psychopath as well we all are we watch wrestling for god's sake so well i i'm a, i'm emotionally drained most weeks when it's over when the, when we're done with the show like as soon as you sign it off i am emotionally uh drained and yeah i it's just like a, a, just a there's just like a I don't know, just a dump when it's over, just like this. You just release. Like I'm, I'm tense when I'm doing the show, and then the show ends, and I'm just, I just release, and it's just like, yeah, I, I know what you're saying when you say you're exhausted, because I, I get the same feeling. It's exhaustion, but, but it's, it's also like I can't go to sleep right away. Like I usually like, well, I miss at whatever yeah. time, and I got to get up in you know in in six hours or whatever. But I don't fall asleep until usually around midnight or one. On these days, because like I just can't say, okay, done with the show, done doing high energy and all that sort of stuff, and then say, okay, cool, now time to go to bed. Like it just doesn't happen that way. It just I, I never on these Thursdays or, or or if we record on a Friday or record on whatever it is, whatever that next day is, I'm worthless at work for like three hours, you know, in the morning because it's just like I'm still just exhausted because I didn't fall asleep because that adrenaline rush is still still kind of going. So yeah, there is a there is a come down. You know, there there is a come down period that yeah, I, I I totally understand what you're saying. There's no way I could just be. I don't go to bed anyway early, but there's no way I could immediately go to bed afterwards. There's no. I would just be staring at the ceiling. There's no way I'd be able to fall asleep. Yeah. So, but, I mean, I'll put it on. It's not like when I re, it's not when I listen. It's the only thing I'm doing. It's not like I put the show on and rub my chin. Yeah, and thinking, ah, what a take that Rich just had. Incredible. Like. Right, I'm usually doing some kind of other work on my laptop, or or, or playing out of the park baseball, you know. Yeah, like I'm I'm always doing something else, maybe cleaning up the kitchen or doing the dishes, whatever the case may be, um, you know. But but 
I, I will tell you though, there are times though, like I think if we have a really killer segment or I do some really killer like uh, uh, solo audio or something, like I'll listen to that with pleasure. That might be a little sick. Like I'll wait till I'm in the car, <laughs> right? I'll wait till I'm in the car and I'll be like, yeah, I'm gonna listen to that segment where we fucking dunked on whoever or you know this. Oh yeah, and, I, and, I, and I'll, I'll I'll ride in the car by myself and like fist pump myself at how great the audio is. Like I do do that sometimes. So that might be that's pretty fucking weird. Yeah, that that you should probably talk to somebody about, but that's okay. Hey, you know what? You are you and and, and we appreciate you for for being you. So, um, well, some do. So is this going to be a uh, is it going to be a great show that I'm going to go back and listen to and pump my fist? Um, It's not trending that way. I'll tell you that it's it's not trending that way right now. So (laughs) you're not feeling this one. I don't. But again, like. You say, like, sometimes you like, you know, the shows we do and that, like, you never – you didn't like them for years. I think pretty much every show sucks except for, like, maybe one out of every 100. I'm like, yeah, that was pretty good. Like, I – the second the show is over, I'm like, that show fucking stinks. Everyone's going to know it fucking stinks. We suck. We're terrible. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. in the moment. For, I don't know why. They're always fine. They're always good. Like, we do a good job. People listen. The numbers no, always you're, rise. You're... Like, but immediately when it's over, I throw the headphones on. I'm like, ah, it sucked. I shouldn't have. And I think back. Instead of – so I don't need to actually sit there and physically listen back. I, in my head, go, oh, man, you know, Joe said this thing, and I said that instead of that. And, oh, why didn't I – and then that's why I stay up all night. Because I'm thinking, oh, yeah. when he mentioned Master Watto, I should have said this, and I didn't. Oh, no. Like, you know what I mean? Where I'm thinking, oh, that was a good point. Like, I'll take a shower sometimes after the show, and in the shower, I'm like, oh, that was the take. That was my take. That was a good, you know, at least thinking yeah. about, like, I should go back and edit in my uh, responses later. You know, after I think about <laughs> it for a bit, you know, a little, little edge Randy Orton style there. You know, when, when I when I realize, ah, you know what, I got a better rebuttal than what Joe asked there. Let me uh, Let me go in and re-edit that back later, so. I've thought about doing that on solo shows where I, <laughs> yeah. where if I do the same thing. Like when they're over, I'm like, oh man, I for, I, I could have had this great line or this great, and I forgot this. Could I go back and redo it? And then I'm like, ah, it's too much fucking work, you know. But there, I've thought about that too. But you're definitely harder on the show than I am. Like, I definitely think there's some weeks that stink, just for whatever reason. But I know when you think it's a great week, I can always tell. <laughs> When you think it's a great week because you're, you're enthusiastic about, you'll immediately start tweeting about it and you don't waste any time uploading it. Like you'll like a lot of, most of the time you're like, ah, I'm going to, I'm going to do this fucker in the morning, but I'm going to, but, but I know when like the show ends and you're like, ah, I think I'm going to get this up tonight. I think I'm going to get this up tonight. I think I'm going to get this up tonight. And I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. Like I, I never have any say in that. I never try to be like, like whatever decision you make on that, I'm always like, okay, that's cool, you know, because I know it's a lot of work and, and you're the one doing that. But I always know when you think it's a good one because you're like, oh, I think I'm going to get this one up tonight. I think I'm going to get this one, and then you tweet about it immediately too, you know. Um, yeah, I, think I, I go I to take a too. dump and I tweet about it. That that's when you know it's good. When we finish and I'm I'm taking a dump and I'm tweeting about it, it was a good show. So yeah, yeah, but I I think I do that too. Like there's been times where I know we knocked it out of the park, and we both tweet about it like at the same time, <laughs> right. and then we have. Then we have those awkward back-to-back tweets of, like, great audio coming up, killer show. We talked about fucking, you know, whatever the fuck. And, like, we'll both send the same tweet, like, within a minute of each other. And, and people reading the timeline must be like, the fucking ego on this guy. Because there's a lot of people who still don't realize it's two different people. There's still a lot of people who don't who don't understand that. So, uh, especially when we argue with each other, that must be really weird. You know? Yeah, but, someone told uh, me it's like it's like if somebody just stumbled upon the timeline, 
and we don't do the dash R or the dash J yeah. or whatever that it's just like the manic like thoughts of just like this complete just this like unbelievably like this guy who on a dime will just switch and say that match rolled that match sucked you know what i mean like this <laughs> yeah, guy's yeah. awesome nah, i yeah. hate this guy like just this bipolar maniac tweeting about wrestling <laughs> like, yeah yeah i kind of like think... that idea i kind of like the idea of someone stumbling upon this and being like what the fuck is this dude's problem <laughs> like what a weirdo like he just said he likes orange cassidy and now he hates orange cassidy like what the hell like get a kid you know and we don't usually like we're not like diametrically different about a lot of stuff but there are times where i bet it's just like dude like you're like that match fucking stunk what a disaster and i'm like yeah pretty good stuff <laughs> it's just, like reading yeah. it in back to back you're like what is this dude what's wrong with this guy <laughs> yeah yeah i think that um I think the veteran listener can almost tell which one of us is tweeting. Oh, for sure. Because, oh, absolutely. Because we tweet in our own voice, and the veteran listener can tell the difference sometimes. I mean, look, when there's just a generic tweet putting out some news or you know something like that, that doesn't need – no one needs to know who sent that one anyway. But for the, like, the opinion tweets, even when we forget to tag them, which is pretty often for me, I'll be honest, so I just fire them out. Unless it's if it's super controversial, I'll make sure I'll throw the J on there so you don't get all just the I don't heat. get the yeah I don't get the rogue bullet no. cancellation if, if possible yeah so I appreciate right that. right but but I think the savvy listener can kind of understand whose voice it's in anyway you know and there's certain keywords like if the if if the tweet contains the word dope ninety nine percent certain I sent it you know or something like that there's also you know we also run shifts I mean if there's a tweet going out at two thirty in the morning it's not crage. I mean, and I think everybody understands that. Conversely, if it's like 8 a.m., they know it ain't Lanza. I went to bed like an hour ago, you know? So it's like there's also the shifts. It only gets confusing like at 3 in the afternoon. That's the wild card. Oh, yeah. That's why, yeah, during a pay-per-view and at like, yeah, 3 to 5 p.m. is, is God only knows what's going on at that time. So Yeah, that's the real wild card. That could be anybody, right? That's when you'll slap the, the full tag with the rich not just the r like some sometimes you go with the lowercase r but sometimes you just go with the full name especially if you're really proud of a take i notice if you're really proud of one and you want to put your chest in it you'll put your whole name on there i noticed that so uh i never really go with the full name but i just thought i'm kind of embarrassed even to put the j because i get so much heat for everything i say that it's like i think that's why i don't tag them most of the time it's yeah. like eh, why, why bring the undue heat like because if my if I put no one's name on it, it's amazing. There's no heat. As soon as I put that little J on there, <laughs> it's getting fucking people are are, are taking pictures or taking screen caps of it and, and tweeting about it. It just goes to show how phony people are, right? It's the person saying it, not what's being said a lot of the time. You know, so that sometimes that's why I'm gun shy with the tag because I'm like, eh, I don't think Rich would be bothered if people may think that I'm saying whatever I'm saying. So why even bother putting the J on it? It's just going to bring us undue fucking heat on this stupid app. Um, I think people are enjoying this peek behind the curtain, or do you think they're tuning out in droves? I'm not sure. It's, it, it, the chat room seems to be enjoying it, but um, yeah, we got we got a lot to get to though. So I, I do want to do anything more. Any, any more behind the scenes you want to? Uh, what do we got here? Do what we? Else? Do, do we have a lot to get uh, to? I think, we, I think we actually have a surprising amount to get to this the, this week. So. Rich, Rich, we had so little to get to that I had to cancel the Thursday TV reviews. <laughs> well, but yeah, that's added a lot, though. I have a lot of takes about Bronson Reed versus the <laughs> premier athlete Tony Nese. Come on. Yeah. Sponsored by the Shakaroni uh, uh, Papa John's Pizza, so... 
Yeah, I mean, so it's like we had to move pay audio, you know, to the free show, which, you know, isn't bad to do every now and then because it gives the people a little taste of what you might be getting behind that paywall for five bucks, right? So we will do the Thursday TV reviews with Craig here. We don't often hear his takes on uh, the NXT and the AEW Dynamite because I do that by myself behind the paywall. So that's a little bonus for everybody. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the floundering and very bizarre WWE business <laughs> that's going on. <laughs> a lot of directions to go oh, there. Oh, man. That's going, to be a, that's going to be a segment. Get, get ready for that one because I, I, I think I might be done, Joe. I really, the closest I've ever come to honestly texting you and saying, do we really have to cover this company anymore, came this week. So we'll see, we'll see how, uh, how, how things go. But, yeah, it, it's, I, I have, like, it drafted and ready to go to, to, to send a message to you to say, Joe, maybe we should think about not covering this company anymore. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and then uh, we're going to wrap it up with a little, uh, well, two New Japan previews. So they got two big shows. What, the 11th and the 12th, those shows coming uh, yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, back-to-back. So we got the New Japan Cup Finals on the 11th, and then uh, Dominion in Osaka Joe Hall the next night. So we don't know. We know three of the ma- – well, technically three of the matches. We don't know one of the participants in one of those three. But with that said, no matter what scenario plays out in the New Japan Cup uh, final, looks like a pretty damn good card just based off the two matches that we do have in full and 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 a potential for a third kind of show stealer type match too so yeah it looks like a pretty uh a pretty stacked card there in dominion so we'll talk about those and there's fans joe fans watching wrestling again that's right they're gonna have to cheer but from their hearts though but that's gonna be a little tough but yeah what the fuck's the point of that i don't understand a lot of a lot of foot stomps i guess a lot of uh they they, they better set up some roh like barricade type deals you know what i mean get a little uh get some sheet well, metal on the on the barricades there to get some stop uh, you know some if they're wearing the gimmick why can't they cheer? I don't understand. Um, Am I going to get canceled for this too? You but might, I mean, yeah. No. I, I I don't know if I know enough why you, you, you can only cheer from your heart instead of... I know there's a lot of people who think everyone should be running around in hazmat suits and everything with fucking plastic shields. And But if, if you're wearing the gimmick on your face, why can't you fucking go, yay, for the heroes and boo for the fucking heels? I don't get it. Like, does it really need to be that drastic if we're all wearing the gimmick and we're all sitting six feet apart from each other? I mean, I'm not trying to be fucking, you know, anti covid guy because you know me i don't even leave my house like i literally do not leave my house if anyone's doing the right things it's joe lanza but why can't people it seems a little excessive to me like i I think it will a lot of it a lot of it will play into the fact that like even still wearing the masks there is still potential for for things to be you know transmitted and all that sort of stuff but then it it comes out of the point of like okay then why are we even here doing this you know what i mean like that's where you can always kind of any any sort of weird because i kind of agree with you but anytime you get into this like well this could happen and that could happen and that uh, and that could happen and it's like well then why are we even doing this like maybe we shouldn't be having fans in attendance then if like we need to go to these precautions so yeah it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how uh how cheering from their heart sounds so yeah, I don't know. I guess it'll make for a better atmosphere either way. Can you really stop people from cheering? I no, mean, I think I, there's going to be an inherent. I, I was thinking. I was actually thinking about that the other day. Is like if you told me, "Hey, go to this wrestling show and don't cheer," or there was the thing like I, I you know, there's a video, a funny video out there in, in in Japan too, where they were like, "Hey, if you go to our theme parks, don't don't yell, you know, <laughs> don't yell when you're on the roller coaster, or whatever." And I'm thinking like, even if I told myself not to yell on a roller coaster, even if I said, "Rich, you can't do it, you shouldn't do it, or whatever." I feel like I would inherently just do it anyway, and there's probably going to be a lot of fans that do do that. So, eh, we'll see. Whatever. <laughs> um, I'm just ready to have fans. I don't even care what they're doing as long as they're not making inaudible noises like the NXT universe. Then I'm fine with it. So, 
well, those dopes. I mean, <laughs> they, they suck. Just... How could you be? How could you be planted fans and suck? And they're still bad feel... fans. <laughs> they're bad fans. How they they, they, they manage that company manages to make everything completely inorganic. Even just telling their people, "Hey, go act like fans," still completely inorganic. I mean, is it because they're directing them a certain way? Or because how come the AEW personnel comes off natural, like they're having a lot of fun, it adds to the show, but the NXT slash, you know, the the Performance Center fans or whatever, they just all come off super inorganic and unnatural and and like a studio audience. Yeah, it's really weird because this is the first week that Michelle had watched any any weekly TV Dynamite or, or, you know, NXT, and her first thing that she noticed was like she's like wow aw is really loud like why is it so loud in there and i'm like i don't know man there's just like 20 people there but they make a lot of noise and then i turned to nxt and she was just like why is it so quiet and i'm like well there's the same amount of people in their indoors i can't tell you why one is like quiet dreary and weird and the other one's like loud and boisterous and exciting i don't know i can't tell you why there, there's a difference you would think the outdoor venue more stuff would escape and it'd be less loud as opposed to the indoor but it, it, it's completely the opposite it's strange i don't know um I didn't time mark this. When do we start? Uh, we started 24 minutes and 11 seconds ago. So, All right. Nice job out of you. <laughs> oh. yeah. It's now 18. Do you, do you want updates every uh, second or are you good now? You don't have to be a wise guy about it. Okay, I'm trying to help fine. you. I mean, sometimes. I appreciate it. You know, that that was an old thing. Now when we stream on, on, on YouTube, the YouTube actually gives me the – because that like back in the olden days – I would have had to time it on my own, either on my phone or on a program, and there would be many times where we'd be like an hour and 25 minutes in, and I'd be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I have no clue. And I would usually yeah. send you a text message saying, Joe, do you remember when we started? Yeah. And you would say, yeah, I think it was seven. So I'm like, all right, cool. We got another hour. And then the file would end, and it's you know three hours and 47 minutes. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> that's not good. We're like, wait, we were never right. We were always wrong. We were always like... 45 to a half an hour wrong we'd finish the show and and i'd say i, I think we went a little i think we went five minutes over but it's all good or whatever and i looked the files you know <laughs> 42 minutes over i'm like yeah boy <laughs> that's not good but that's all right see you're, you're too hard on yourself we usually hit the time mark but it's usually like we realize there's like eight minutes left so we speed talk through a zero one show or something and and get it in right under the gun but um you know, most of the time, I think we're right in there between, you know, like 255 and 305, something like that. But uh, listen, I, I didn't know you, you had the times ticking away right in front of you. Why am I even wasting my yeah, time? Yeah, don't waste uh, your time. I'm good. We got it. You know, the, the, the and glory I'm stre- of YouTube. I, and I stress about you the whole time. I'm like, oh, man, we got a, we got two topics left. We got 48 minutes. Then we got maybe I should just keep the records for those purposes. This way I can time things. Keeps you on track. Yeah, keeps you on track a little bit. So. So, this is way behind the curtain now. Yeah, this no. is now we're getting weird. So yeah, so I, I put the file into Reaper, which is a program I have on Windows right. PC. <laughs> I exported it. Yeah, what are we doing here? This is this, this is, is what we do when we don't have a lot to talk about. Um, watch us not get to something this week. <laughs> yeah, New Japan. But... Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. So the New Japan Cup. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's gonna be. I'm telling you, you you you're sleeping on, on these these first. These first three topics are pretty wild. I, I, I think we're going to be here a while. We, listen, listen. If we had one topic, we'd push right up against the three. Sure. You know this. It doesn't. It's kind of like we've been doing this so long. There's this internal clock, and we know how much time we have. And we, I think we both can kind of feel when it's time to switch topics, right? Wouldn't you agree with that? 
And it's like, eh, it's probably time to move on from this one. It's like this internal thing. And I don't think either one of us ever catch the other one off guard with a topic switch. I think no, we're we pretty both- good. We're pretty good at that. And yeah, one, one thing that always, kept, you know, we, we do the three hours, obviously, because we talk too much and, and we just never stop giving our, our opinions, even if we have to repeat it four times over or whatever. But do you ever do you ever listen to shows that are like an hour long and cover like, you know, five topics and like they just start talking about something and they move on to something else? And I'm like, no, like, come on, you got a lot more to get into. Like, let's dig in. But, like, they got to hit that hour mark. They got to hit that hour and a half. And I'm like, man, like, that's tough. Like, it, doing a three-hour show weekly is not easy. But I, if you told me, hey, uh, you know, if, if, if Sirius XM came to us and said, hey, we, we, we need you guys to do the entire show you're doing. We love what you do. Everything's great or whatever. But we just need it in an hour. Like, I don't know that we could do it in an hour because I just don't know that I like doing that sort of radio show. A, a one-hour version of this with commercial breaks wouldn't be this. We'd have to drastically change what we do i mean we don't even get cooking for an hour i can't i can't Greg valentine of a wrestling podcast yeah that's right i can't dig into it to to top to any kind of topic in a serious way and and do it in an hour let alone hit off three four or five different topics i I just don't think i'm capable of doing it um and i don't think that's the kind of show that our listeners want uh quite honestly i think podcasts that are like an hour or less are a waste of my fucking time for the reasons that you were just talking about, I, you can't get into any kind of depth at all in that amount of time. You just can't. Not the kind that I want. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. None of them are less than like two hours. I listen to all. And here's the thing. They're podcasts. You don't have to do them in one sitting. You know, our listeners tell us all the time they do it on their commute and it may take them all week, but they just do it to and from work or you know, whatever the fuck. And it's like this, this idea that a podcast needs to be, you know, what was the old guideline? A podcast should be the length of a walk because people like to listen when they're exercising or. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, fuck off with that. Yeah. But it's like, what's the point? Like, you know, it's like and, and again, it doesn't. The beauty of a podcast is it's not a live radio show. You don't have to do it all at the same time. You have that. You know, I, there's some shows I listen to. It takes me a couple days to get through them because they're two, three hours long. And I don't have any problem with that. If I'm interested in the topic and it's not necessarily super time sensitive or not time sensitive at all, what's the problem with long podcasts? Yeah, I, I jump back and forth a lot, too. What I'll do is I'll listen to, you know, an hour of a show and then pause it and then listen to some other stuff. And then three days later, be like, ah, you know what? Yeah, let me let me pick back up and see how that's going. Like, and that's the beauty of it. It, it kind of is like a book in that way like an ebook in that way or uh, uh you know a, an audiobook where you can just jump in whenever you want if it's a really long show and yeah like i you know you talk about all the time where we, where we get you know people that react to what we talked about like today we'll hear like a reaction on tuesday where someone will be like hey you guys mentioned this on and I'm like what are you listening yeah. to this though but like people do that they listen to like a half an hour at a time or an hour you know while they're mowing the lawn and then an hour when they're commuting to work and all that sort of stuff so it is always bizarre though on like tuesdays when someone's like hey uh you know and then like reacting and i'm like that was like five days ago man i don't know i don't know what we said like i don't who cares <laughs> yeah and the other thing about a pot the, the, a podcast you don't have to listen to the whole thing if you don't give a fuck about zero one you could x out if you don't, I don't give a shit about that <laughs> that's ridiculous nobody would do that i mean if you don't care about wwe you can fast forward you know it's you know so it's like what is this whole thing where people get because you see people getting annoyed with like or chastising other podcasters for their shows being too long and it's like the whole beauty of the art form is it could be whatever the listener wants it to be so you know why restrict yourself you know it's only the hardcore psychopaths the kind that pay us that are listening from start to finish i'm sure you know there's a ton of people who probably don't listen to the whole thing you know you know i'm going to pull back the curtain a little more the other advantage of doing a longer show 
is you get you get artificial downloads because every time people X out and come back in, that counts as another listen. So you know that's another reason why you should make them longer because you get cheap you get you get cheap statistics out of it. You know, and you know, it, it is so you, you you know if I have a chance to be fraudulent to advertisers, Rich, I'm going to jump on it. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So there's there's no reason. Uh, by the way. Big ones, uh, big ones booked. So keep your eye out. Well, the, you know, the the COVID cold, war, you know, the whole cold, cold. What do you want to call it? Like the freeze out from COVID or whatever. Advertisers are coming back, baby. So uh, enough of these ad free shows that you guys have been spoiled with. I'm really dumping on the listeners tonight. Yeah, I'm, I don't know I'm why. Like, uh, these people listening right now are ten dollars subscribers, and the people later are potential, you know, five dollars subscribers or potential ten dollars subscribers. So I think they like when we dump on them. You know, I think it's like a fun thing for them. You know, for them to get beat up on for, for you know, lands on a cut of promo on them. I think they enjoy that, which is why I tried to sign up for Cameo. Yeah, I was going to say, what? why aren't you on Cameo? Well, I'm, I, you want the story? Well, let's go. I don't yeah. think I've ever told I don't know. Story. I don't know I, if I actually know the story. So I signed up for Cameo because I saw a lot of podcasters and quote unquote Internet personalities on there who were no bigger than we are. Right. Like, I'm serious. Like, I look up their Twitter or whatever they had going on and they would have less followers than us. So I'm like, oh, well. I could give this a go, right? So I sign up, I follow all the instructions, and we get all the way down to the point where they're like, name your price. And I'm like, okay, $100. And they were like, we don't think you should charge $100. And I'm like, well, I want to charge but that's $100. what I want to charge. Yeah, why do you guys give and, a shit? Yeah. And they were like, well, our research shows that people at your level, like they had all their analytics and everything, and they're like, you're only going to get X amount. And I'm like, that's exactly what I want. I don't want to charge $5 and then my life is consumed with doing, you know, cameos every day because I don't really want to do them. But if I charge a hundred dollars, I'll get like one a month or like four or five a year and I'll make four or five hundred bucks a year. And, and, and it's like no skin off my back. It's going to take up like five minutes of my time over the course of the year. In other words, I'm just shooting for the big guns to get one one of these things every now and then instead of doing a million five dollars. I don't want to do I don't want to do these things all day long. Okay, it's a novelty gimmick thing. You know, people are only going to pay me to cut promos on their friends. Right. I know how this works. So I don't want to be doing them. I don't want to do multiple cameos a week. I got to fucking do my hair, make sure I look presentable. Fuck that. I only want to do a couple a year and make a, a, a bunch of money off it. You see the, the, the strategy? Oh, I yeah, yeah, of course. Like, I'd rather do three of them the entire year and make three hundred dollars than do 20 of them. You know, and make whatever that a hundred dollars. Like, I don't like do all these fucking things. So I'm like, I want to charge a hundred. I, I know full well I'm not going to get that many. And they were like, Well, that's not what we do here, and we're trying to maximize the number. And then they they would not allow me to charge a hundred dollars. Plus, I thought I, I thought it would have been funny to charge a hundred dollars because people would be like the ego on this guy. You know, part of my gimmick is the giant of course. ego. Yeah, right, right, right. So it would have played into that, and people people would have went on Twitter. And and fucking buried me under the earth for charging hundred dollars for a cameo, but Rich, all the while they're advertising it. See, I had all this plotted out in my head. I'm like, all of the people that hate me are gonna screenshot it and make fun of me that I'm charging hundred dollars, and they're gonna say that no one's gonna buy it, and that's all true. But at the same time, they're exposing and advertising my cameo for free. See that if I if I go on cameo for five dollars, no one's gonna talk about it. If I go on cameo for hundred dollars, everybody is going to roast me for it, but they're, they're spreading the word, right? So that 
all of that was kind of my mindset. But none of it mattered because Cameo, they matumboed Joe Lanza. Right. They wouldn't let me do it. That's some bullshit, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because, like, MJF, he's at $500, which is clearly, like, you know, the same strategy that you have. You know, you know, he doesn't want to do these, really. But if you're going to pay him $500, yeah, he'll bury your friends for, you know, your bachelor party or something like that, which is, is, is fantastic. This is what I'm saying. Like, I know for I know I wouldn't get a lot of them. But you're telling me I wouldn't get two or three a year. Oh, for sure. No, absolutely. Absolutely you would. Yeah. No, I mean, sure. there's someone in the chat right now saying they'd pay $100 for me to tell Kelly Harass to stop eating bananas. <laughs> Or band-aids. Yeah, I don't I know what yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> that was my plan, and they, they – I don't know. I guess based on their algorithm, they tell you what you should be charging. <sighs> so I, don't, I guess they figured it would have been a waste of their time because they felt like I wasn't going to get any. Yeah, well, I think they that. probably also get like a little bit of cut, and they were like, there's no point in putting you on our service if we're not going to get a cut. So yeah, so instead they want Tony know, Rica I, selling $410 uh, cameos. So. Tony Ricca is without question. <laughs> what a legend. What a hustler. He's number one. Dude, if you go to Cameo Pro Wrestlers, he's the first listed on there. That dude has how many fucking reviews right now? 553 reviews. I love it. Rich. Rich. He's buying them himself. <laughs> he's buying them himself. Oh, stop. Are you kidding? Come on. He's you're, you're... WWE superstar and Hall of Fame pro wrestler, a.k.a. The Pharaoh. He's a Taekwondo world champ, an MMA champion, and music artist, Yo Tony. He also invented the moonsault. <laughs> of course he did, right? Yeah. So. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> it's Tony. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Uh, Joey Ryan's he's... still on there, too, if you want to uh, pay him 50 bucks. so. Hey, listen. <laughs> I'm, I don't I'm know. I don't, I, he hasn't deleted it. I'm not sure if he's cameo. To... Yeah, I don't. Uh... Some of these are. Yeah, like like you said, the problem too is like if you price yourself too low on cameo, it just looks like really bad. Like Donovan Dijakovic is fifteen dollars. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, dude, you're on national TV. Like, dude, not only does it look bad, then you're doing them every day. <laughs> right, right. Because like a bunch of people are like, ah, fifty bucks. Yeah, I have Donovan Dijakovic. You know. Talk shit about my friend or whatever. Yeah, like you, you could do it. Like Coco Beware at twenty five is a great value proposition. I'm, I'm, I, I'd consider that one for sure. They wanted me to do five dollars because that. Oh. Now, now don't get me wrong. That's exactly what I'm worth. Yeah, okay? but you'd be doing. Is, yeah, if it was at five dollars, show you'd be doing a thousand of these. I'd be doing so many of these. I'd be getting requests. Oh, call my friend a dope. You know all the fucking catchphrases and shit. I'd be get and I don't want to. I don't want my life consumed. The last thing I I want out of a cameo is the stress when I go to bed at night thinking, oh my god, I have to do those four cameos. Wait, and waking up to a, an inbox yeah. full of these assholes <laughs> wanting you to. Yeah, like like I to that, say that's stuff. The last thing I want. Yeah, yeah, to do catchphrases from the show. Like I don't want <laughs> right. to do that. You know, I, I, that's why I wanted to do a hundred because that would weed those out, and then you know it would only be every you know every now and then, and if I got none, I wouldn't care. Indy Hartwell you know. at forty dollars. Now, if they wouldn't let you do a hundred, but they let Indy Hartwell at forty, I don't know. I don't know. See, a little high, right? A little high for old Indy. Yes. Yeah, but they get a lot of creepy dudes that want them. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I forget. That's you know. Um. So that, you, that's a different category. Like the male wrestlers, it's more of a one-to-one comparison. Greg yeah. Valentine, hundred bucks. Know your worth, dude. <laughs> See, well, he's got the right idea. Yeah, like, he doesn't want to get out of bed for this bullshit because, like, because he's—I mean, he's like very high when you compare him to like, like Will Osprey. I think is like fifty bucks or whatever. So yeah, Greg Valentine double 
that. That's that's. Rich Greg Valentine doesn't want to do this shit. So... <laughs> I agree. I, hey, I'm cool with it. <laughs> Did you see him at WrestleCon that one year? He's just like his yeah. arms crossed. Like he don't even want anyone to come. To, like he, he does my. Uh, he goes to my uh, the the fair that's across the street from from me uh, every so often. And yeah, dude doesn't stand up until you walk over there and hand a twenty dollars to his handler or whatever. He just sits and stares into in, into the distance. Yeah. He does he's not he's not talking to you. He's not yeah. shooting the shit. He's not talking about WrestleMania 3 with you. He doesn't he doesn't do a thing until you drop that $20. His handler picks it up, his handler puts it in the box, and then Greg Valentine stands up and talks to you about WrestleMania 3 or whatever the fuck you want to talk about for 5 minutes. How many times do you think Greg Valentine has been asked on Cameo to do his racist junkyard dog promos? <laughs> How many times you think? Let's you know that too. Like I, I, I don't know. Like I'm sure they have something in there where you can like deny, you know, somebody. But yeah, yeah. I wonder how many people would just be paying. Again, like you'd be paying for you to get canceled or whatever. But hey, you have to check clears. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure you could refuse them. Like if you feel like something's fishy, you know what I mean? Like, well, and how could you not? I mean, what are they going to do? The worst they could do is kick you off the service. You know, it's not like so. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you got to be careful because people will set you up like the, like uh, who just did that? The uh, who was the comedian feud with Ryan Satin? I can't think of his. Uh, 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 oh, Delia. Tom Segura. Oh, Tom Segura. That's right. Yeah. No, Delia's canceled. Yeah, he got, to... I forget. Yeah, I, I mixed it up. Yeah, Delia's canceled. I forget. Delia is trying to bang minors. So he's canceled. That'll happen. Um, you can't do Tom's, that. Yeah, they can't do that. that you're gonna, can't. Tom Segura is the one that got into the feud. With dopey Ryan Satin, who didn't realize that he was giving Tom Segura material. For oh, that's five right. Years yes, the yes. The like wrestling is stupid. He'd be like, "No, it's not. It's cool." Like, yeah, it's like you yeah. idiot. How he's dare you make fun of? How dare you make fun of the art form? And like, he's tagging other wrestlers, hoping yeah. they would jump in. You know. But what Segura did is he created a character off of it, exactly as I predicted. Because <laughs> he's a he comedian. Created, like, what yeah. are you doing? <laughs> he creates a character off of it, but then what he also did is he went on cameo and he paid a bunch of wrestlers to put him over. Hell and then yeah, he put the, yeah. and then he put together like a mixtape of all of these wrestlers putting over his 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 wrestling character and then, you know, totally owned Ryan Satin with the video. And then Ryan Satin, still not picking up the hint, then added all of those wrestlers and was like, this man is taking advantage of you. You shouldn't have done <laughs> they this. Don't care. Like, they got $50 from him. They don't give a shit. The like, wrestlers dude, you're just digging the hole deeper and you're not going to win. Like it's just, you know, it, it's such a dope, but yeah. So I, I would assume on cameo, you got to be careful of that. Yeah. Like yeah. people trying to set you up or, you know, uh, you know, say something and, but doesn't matter. They didn't want my services, Rich. That's that's so. crazy. Yeah, I've always thought about us uh, doing a uh, paying a few people to do like the just like I, like I wouldn't use them seriously, but use them as like a joke. Like like right. I'm looking right now at Jim Powers. Like, hey, I'm Jim Powers, and you're listening to the Voice of the Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Like right, that'd be awesome. Right. He's also charging fifty dollars. I'm not paying Jim Powers fifty dollars for that. So um, yeah, yeah. Like Joe yeah. Hennig, I'll pay like Joe Hennig to talk about. You know what I mean? Like just guys What's that make no like. Like Joel Gertner's on there. Like that's that's one that I would legitimately want is Joel Gertner to, to put over our podcast. But like I want guys that's just like kind of weird that they're doing it. You, you know what I mean? Like I don't want I don't want like legit. Like Magnum TA would be pretty sweet at forty dollars to, to to put over my. Uh... It would be the most we spent on advertising ever. Yes. Yeah. What has been our total advertising budget? I think we've spent a total legitimately. <laughs> Of fifteen dollars all time. Yeah, in the early days, I think I sponsored a few uh, uh, Joe Gagne Fun Time arcades. 
uh, on now, YouTube, and that was about it. Yeah, those those were nine years ago or something. So you're forgetting one. We sponsored, and it's still on YouTube, a Tracy Smothers shoot interview, and it has. <laughs> did we? What? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And it has the Voices of Wrestling logo, um, like uh, what do you call it? Uh, the uh, like the bug, the, like a uh, little bug on, on the, the bug. bottom of the screen. Yes, yeah. on the Tracy Smothers shoot interview. <laughs> really. We sponsored that for ten dollars. I'll never forget that. I what, don't remember what who, service is that even on. I don't know who conducted the interview, but we <laughs> I don't got remember that at all. That's a that's a shoot. That's a shoot. We, Interesting. We, we get, for ten dollars, we got our logo watermarked on the Tracy Smothers shoot interview <laughs> really? on YouTube. Yes, I don't. You don't remember that? I don't remember this at all. Because you were like, Joe, should we do this? And I'm like, Rich, it's ten dollars. Like. Of course we should do it. Like, what What do you even – it's it's basically free. You know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't we do it? Oh, so, ooh, ooh. See, it's, it's I told one of our, you. It's one of our good friends. Uh, who is little, it? Uh, well, it, I don't want to say exactly who it is, but their uh, their name starts with A and ends with IW. So, um, A and IW? AIW, Joe. Oh, AIW. Yeah, Absolute Intense Wrestling, who fucking hates us. Also, now they hate our guts, but we, <laughs> we sponsored their Tracy Smothers shoot interview. So there you go. So, huh. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Did we make the most of that? I don't feel like we made the most of that, but uh... I mean, look for ten dollars, it's basically free. I- I'll actually tell believe it or not, this is twenty five dollars. Oh, it was twenty five. That's a big investment in two thousand thirteen. May wow. eight, May twenty eighth, two thousand thirteen. How did you get that information so quickly? Uh, I just looked up Tracy Smothers shoot interview in my emails, and there we are. Sponsorship inquiry: AW Tracy Smothers shoot interview. Nice. Unbelievable. 25 bucks. <laughs> I don't think I ever listened to it. Is it good? I never listened to it either. I wonder. I, I, I hope he didn't say really, it. really racist stuff, which he may have. I wanted to make sure the watermark was on it, but I didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? See, like, yeah. I zipped through it. I zipped through it to make sure it was still there, but I didn't. I don't think I actually ever listened to it. But now that thing's going to get an influx of hits. Yeah. I, so, I, so I got it. I just put it in the uh, I just put it in the chat room as well, and I'll put it in the, uh, the show results. Uh, so AIW is going to be like, why is everybody listening to this Tracy Smothers shoot from 20, 2013? You know, why did this just get, uh, you know. <laughs> so it's being, okay, the logo looks like shit. They absolutely butchered our logo. Uh, it's right. in the middle of a ring. Tracy Smothers looks like he wants to be fucking anywhere else. Yeah. But there, Chris Dickinson's in the background playing on his phone. Um, really? Yeah, you could see him kind of. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. He's... Yeah, Smothers is like sitting on a chair in the ring, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Twenty five bucks. Yeah, I don't know what. I, don't know what I still think that's a good deal, honestly. How it's many not bad. Did? Yeah. Uh, right now, it has two thousand eight hundred and twenty five as of right now. So we'll find out what it uh, eh. what yeah. it has after this. We'll, we'll, we'll bump it up a bunch. So see with our watermark. I wonder if people think we conducted the interview. Yeah, it's a. Re- I mean, they did just an absolutely horrible job with the logo. It's it's yeah, it's really bad. I'm really ashamed. I think that's why I never promoted it. I, I wonder if I did send like a very angry email because I'm, I'm I'm nothing if not a stickler for like you know branding and all that sort of shit. So, well, I um, mean, we have nothing against AIW. Um, they hate us. Yeah, they're fucking obsessed but, with us. We're rent free in their heads, but you know. We well, really I care. mean, l- listen, I don't even I don't even care that they hate us because I think they're justified in hating us. We did shit on all of those shows that WrestleMania weekend. They didn't understand the bit, which is fine. If we're gonna talk shit. We have to deal with the fallout. If they don't like us, I understand. But I have no ill will towards them at all. None. Zero. I, 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 that's legitimate. Like, I never did even when we did the bit. 
we were just having fun with the WrestleMania lineups. But look, I feel like if some if I had a WrestleMania lineup or someone did that to our show, I'd probably have some heat with them. You know, right? I can't I can't be mad at them for being mad at us. They don't listen to the show. They didn't understand the bit. It's all good. Like I, I'm not I don't hold any ill will towards AIW. I can't speak for Krach. I know that he's a grudge holder, you know, so he might have a different take. But I, I don't have any ill will towards them, even if they still hate our guts. It's fine by me. I, it's, it is what it is. You know, to me, the heat is not reciprocated. As long as I'm not going to lose sleep over it, for sure. Yeah, don't worry. Uh, yeah. Don't worry about Cause that. Because I, I understand why they were mad. I understand. So, you know, even if I, you know, think... It was a bit of an overreaction. I I get it. Uh, I think the way they went about it is is a little. It was more of a hey, pile onto these guys because they hate indie wrestling and they want us to go out of business type thing. That was like, well, that's kind of misconstruing what we're doing, but okay, like you know, that yeah, got they, me a little. They, they, it wasn't necessarily that they were annoyed that we buried them. It was that they misconstrued our message to be all indie wrestling should go out of business and everybody should lose their jobs type thing, which we didn't yeah, say. I mean, and I had to let him know, you dumbass, I have fucking four tickets to the collective this weekend, you idiot. Like, it's, I spent it's $200 because, on collective tickets. Why do I want it to die if I'm going, you moron? It's it's because in the midst of my pro wrestler style promo, I said I hope none of them come back or something. So they took that out. Because, again, like I said, they didn't understand the bit. and that's I, I get it. I get it. So... I, I knew you were holding more of a grudge than I was, though. I could feel it. Well, we had the weirdos in our mentions for, like, months I on know, end. The one is still hanging around. It's like, dude, go away. God. Yeah, I, it is all very dopey. But, um, you know, it's fine. I mean, you know, it's uh, – I, I am letting bygones be bygones. <laughs> right. Maybe maybe Thorne will hate us until the end of time. That's but it's, fine. It's, I, I'd shake the man's I, hand. Well, no, nah, I'm not going to shake any hands right now. But I'll, I'll fist bump. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll shake the guy. Yeah, I, I have no problem with the guy. I, I legitimately have zero beef. I and and and, and I always totally tell people, you know, everybody's always like, "Oh, do you?" And like, do, I, like I have enough problems in my real life that like this shit's just like, dude, I don't care about anything. You, you know what I mean? Like, if anybody yeah, wanted I, to like squash a beef about like wrestling opinions, I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Who cares? Yeah. Like, this stuff's yeah. dumb. Like, I got enough stuff to worry about in real life. Then. Well, and then, well, well, then what they did was like they used the heat to like try to sell tickets. Which <laughs> yeah, I, that was I, great. I, which we. By the way, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that was yes, cool. that was good. They didn't do a very good job because I remember we were logging it and kind of keeping track as well. And they were because they would actually tell you how many tickets they had left. It's a bad yeah. strategy for for people that hold grudges because we would then say, okay, Joe, as of today, they have four hundred tickets left or whatever, and they would say like, these guys want us to go out of business, so show them by buying your tickets. And then like the next day, they're like, we have three hundred and ninety-seven tickets left. And I'm like, you only sold three tickets. Like, you know, I'm trying my best here to squash the beef, and and Rich just keeps reigniting the flames. It's it's incredible. Only eleven now, front row seats left. <laughs> Get them now. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying my best, Rich. You you won't you won't let me uh, bury the hatchet here. I, t- I tell you, Rich, this is why I call him secretly sassy. <laughs> I'm the I'm the lightning rod, but you what you guys don't understand is this is the secretly sassy one right here. But. Uh, but yeah, no, I appreciated that hustle. Like, I didn't mind at all that they were like, "Let's show those voices, of wrestling guys." You know what indie wrestling's all like? That didn't bother me at all. No, no, like, no. it's I, a good hustle. It's a great hustle, actually. I would have done the same thing. And I mean, once, actually, know, honestly, once they did that, I stopped. You know, because for a minute I cared, and then like when they did that, I was like, "Oh, I get it. You're just trying to sell tickets. Like, it's fine. Okay, cool. Like, move right, on. right? You know, it's fine." Yeah, which which you know I'm more than okay with. You know, it's like, um, yeah, I didn't have any problem with that. I mean. 
you know, they should have booked us to come out and get like choke slammed by Eddie Kingston or something. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, I don't I mean, know about that. He might. He might actually. I mean, well, they had him cut a promo on us. So. Oh, that's I mean, true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. It name is my name, but it was obviously a promo. You know, he cut a promo on us. I yeah, mean, but but I mean, which again, I don't care. I mean, if if they if they wanted to turn it into to business and rally their troops, I that didn't bother me. Right. At like all. I'm I'm kind of old school Cornette in that way. Like not not new Cornette. New Cornette's a fucking loon. But like old school Cornette would like do this bullshit and then be like, you know. DM the guys or call the guys and say, "Hey, let's make money. <laughs> like, let's do it. You know, you can, you know, give you a pile driver in the middle of the ring or whatever." And I'd be, I'd be glad to take a move from some, someone. Yeah, if uh, yeah. I'm a Kyle the Beast to put you through a fucking table, so Kyle the Beast of all people, huh? Yeah. The game changer guy, Rich. Yeah, I know. He might, he might work AIW. I don't know. Does he? I don't, I don't know. know. No, I, I just want Kyle the Beast to throw you through a fucking table. Is all I want. I don't oh, really you're care. just I don't care who's the... booking it. I just want it to happen. So. You just want it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hit you with yeah, a light tube or something. Would you do a light tube shot from Kyle would the you, Beast? I, would, would you take a booking? I don't know if I would. No, I wouldn't. I, no. I, I think that's – like I've seen other like podcasters take bookings, and it's like I'm not judging them. Like I, I don't know if I would do that. I don't it's really a little, want to. No, I like to be, I'm not I like being that. in the crowd. Yeah, just, yeah I'm good. I don't want to be – yeah, I don't, I don't want to be involved. I mean, I, like again, I'm not knocking anyone who has done that. You know what I mean? But it's like I, I don't think – I'm not doing know, an indie booking. If, a, if AEW wants to pay you and I to do a podcast in the middle of Dynamite on TNT, I will do it. I will be there. Oh, well, I mean, come on. And, and of course, I mean, money talks. Like, if, <laughs> Right. Know, I, I mean, yeah. I'm not doing it for a hot dog. Some exorbitant bucks, amount of money. For sure. Yeah. No, I'm not. But yeah. Uh, Rich, again, Rich, why do you do this? You're going to get us in trouble again. Now you're implying that all these indies are paying everybody $50 in a hot dog. Which, $50? That's a lot of money. <laughs> and now you just said 50 bucks. Not 50 bucks is a lot. Who's, who's that? be the main eventer <laughs> Ugh, this is one of them shows i'm gonna be sweating when rich puts it out but <laughs> let it be known let it be known that rich is getting all the heat for this one I, i've been trying my best to to uh 50 bucks is a beat. good payout in, in in uh the world of indie wrestling i don't know what you're talking it's about it's not you're not wrong i mean you're not wrong Plus I'm not, the hot dog? i mean geez that's... yeah but you're perpetuating uh stereotypes here i'm not the one doing it I, i'm not booking it you're we're going to talk about NXT and yeah, AEW. Let's do it. Yeah, see, I got you. Yeah, you're done. I got you uncomfortable. Doesn't you're you're making me tug my collar. <laughs> that was that was the, that might be the first like official Joe Lanza, come on, let's get back on topic, collar uh, tug. I'm going to tell you why. Can I tell you why? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because it doesn't matter which one of us says it. You know that I get the heat. I know. For sure, so, yeah. It's good. So, I, I, I got card blocks to do whatever I want. <laughs> so it's like, now listen, I'm not saying I didn't bring it on myself over the years, but the fact of the matter is, if someone listens to this and doesn't like something and they go, ah, the fucking voices of wrestling, everyone just assumes it was me. So that's why I'm over here tugging my collar because I had no beef with the AIW, Rich, whether they got beef with me or not. I, I think I've made that clear enough. But you keep stoking the flame over here with your fucking poker. Is that what you call the thing you stick in the fire? I think so. Poker. Yeah, I think it's a poker. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not uh, rich enough to have a fireplace or anything, so your hot poker yeah i think that's I what know. you call that i got a fire pit but I, I don't even use it that much it's too much work how come no one's ever used a hot poker as like a uh, wrestling weapon like a poker from a a uh a fire pit yeah they've used like the brand near you know the the branding iron, branding iron yeah, yeah never, never the hot poker though you know you're right what are we doing here okay so <laughs> an hour into the show um, ridiculous so we're going to do the Thursday TV reviews. Now, normally we do this behind the paywall, patreon.com slash voice of wrestling and break down the ratings, break down 
uh, and review both shows in their entirety. Usually get a fiery spirited rant out of JL at some point as well. Uh, those are solo shows behind the paywall. People love them. They love the ratings breakdowns because, I mean, we're one of the few outlets that, that actually breaks down the ratings right. I mean, I am just so sick of these wrestling sites. Uh, since we're burying everybody tonight, I'm just so sick of these wrestling sites that just focus on the wrong shit when it comes to these ratings and just blasting out NXT wins again by 40. That nobody cares. It doesn't, you know what I mean? I just, it's uh, they never focus on the right shit. We break them down, right? $5 tier Thursday TV reviews, the first and best ratings analysis you're going to get on audio in the world. Nobody breaks down the audio, uh, breaks down the ratings before I do on audio. Uh, you know, I'm breaking them down on audio an hour after they hit uh, the streets, after the news hits the streets. So uh, $5 tier for that. Let's mix up the format a little, though, because I think the ratings talk is going to bleed into another conversation we're having, a bigger picture uh, conversation about WWE and their struggles at large. So we'll start with the reviews. And Rich, what do you want to start with? Dynamite, the Fighter Fest Night Two, or Great American Bash Night Two? What Let's okay. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna change this up a little bit because most people do Fighter Fest or AEW first, and then NXT. But I feel like NXT, and then they kind of rush through. They're kind of annoyed. They go pretty quickly. Let's do NXT first because I want I want to end on high energy because I thought AEW was the better of the two shows, and I want to end on the high energy as opposed to just kind of complaining about NXT or whatever. Or, or you know, not that it was a bad show NXT. I thought it was a, a decent enough show, but I think let, let's leave the, the the good show for 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 last and, and and do Great American Bash first. A lot of people tell me I should do that every week because what happens is I'll review Dynamite. Usually I like it, and lately I've really been hating NXT, and it's just like. It sounds like I want to shoot myself before I'm done. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, so all right, we'll start with the uh, with the Great American Bash. You want me to play Alvarez here and take us through the show? Yeah, and, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I got all I got all the notes here. Let me get my notes. All right, so NXT Great American Bash Night Two. We start off with Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae. Rich, this was a street fight. A street fight. We had boots. Yeah, we had boots. We had jeans. They were uh, they were tucked into the boots though because they were usually jean shorts in this case. But I appreciate it. I appreciate the nod that they they both did. Candace had the the white jean shorts, and Mia Yim I think had black or or I think they were camo uh, jean shorts. But I appreciated the jeans regardless, even if they weren't tucked into the boots. She had the uh, the the old school work boots on Mia Yim, so she did change up her gear, like you're saying, and the footwear for the street fight. Um, look, I thought they worked really hard, and I thought they had a very good. WWE NXT style street fight, but I thought it went a little long. Uh, the one thing I'll say is the finish looked phenomenal with the swinging neck breaker off the table, which was propped up on the top turnbuckle after they struggled with each other for the brass knucks. So they have the struggle for the brass knucks and Candace wins the struggle. And then she hits the swinging neck breaker off the table onto the chairs below and gets the pin. So I thought the finish was the best part of the match. They worked hard. They're both good workers. It went a little long. I can't call it a great match. And then I thought the excessive selling after the match was just typical, overwrought, over-emotional, melodramatic NXT. I mean, because they just they couldn't just let the moment live and just let them sell. The announcers had to go on and on about how neither woman was ever going to be the same and we're watching them sell during the commercial break with the picture in the screen. And it was just, I mean, come on, it's the opener. Can we pump the brakes a little bit on the uh, 20 minutes of selling after the match? But um, no, I liked it well enough 
good match, worked hard, great finish. What did you think? Uh, so I thought I, I thought the one thing that I I, I didn't because I, I like the work. I think overall the work was pretty good in the match. It went excruciatingly long, Joe. I think there was three or four commercial breaks, which I'm sure they were stacking the commercials uh, in this match and then in a few of the other matches because they were going to go commercial free uh, for the main event. But yeah, I noticed in this one, I was like, another fucking commercial? Are you kidding? Like it made the match feel longer than it really was, but in actuality, it was it was it was a pretty long match. But I thought they worked their ass off. I thought you know as as far as street fights go, it was pretty good. I'm not totally like the finish. I, I, I'm with you that the finish looked cool, but how they got to the finish is pretty weird and kind of confusing. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but Mia Yim is the one who brought the brass knucks into the ring, correct? Correct. So the face brings the knucks into the ring. The heel uses the knucks that the face brought into the ring and beats her with them. Yes. After hitting her and then put doing a you know swinging neckbreaker off the top, it that's kind of weird and clunky. Like why would Candice not bring him in? Mia Yim struggles, tries to take him out. Candice then uses, you know what I mean? Like that's the way I would have booked it. Like it just seems really reversed that Mia Yim would have been the one that brought in the brass knocks. I just don't understand why they did that. I think she's the one who brought him in, but I don't have a problem with it because I'm okay with heels just being better sometimes. And if they and if if Candice is going to get some kind of push off of this, um, then I really don't mind. You know, but we'll have to see what what happens on the follow up. I I feel like this was a blow off. I sure hope it was. If it was a street fight that ended in this manner with all the selling at the end, I would think it is. I I I, I think it probably is because Gargano was is done with Keith Lee. I mean, Keith Lee put Gargano in the rear view. So why would these two keep feuding after this? So I assume this was the blow off. And if Candice is just if the story is just Candice is better, then I really don't mind what you're saying. Like I'm okay with her just just being better on this night and winning the feud. Yeah, I just, from me, a Yim's standpoint, I just don't understand why, what, I mean, it, it, well, it, it all depends on the follow-up for the most part. Uh, we'll see. But like you said, the, the you know, I, I liked the match a lot. I thought it was pretty good, but I did not like the post-match where it's, you know, you know, Candice has to be helped to the back and Mia Yim is, is trying to, you know, I don't want any help because... I'm going to do it on my own. It's like you're trying to protect her from that. It's like she just – she lost. Like whatever. <laughs> like It's this stuff yeah. that they do, this this overprotection of people that makes sure that nobody gets over in the end. And it's just like why are you wasting so much time with this? Just She lost. Yeah. It's okay. She lost in a street fight. She got swinging neck break through a fucking chairs after getting hit with a, you know, net breast knucks. Like that's enough. We don't need any more than that. That's enough protection. You don't need to also say, oh, she's going she's gonna to walk herself to the back because she's – She's so strong, Joe. It's just, it's so, with the with the hushed voices and stuff, it's just, yeah, it's a little too much, so. Uh, I'm with you. We had Bronson Reed versus Tony Nice. I didn't realize these two guys were in a, uh, the kind of feud that necessitated a spot on this uh, two-week special, but uh, off we go. This is uh, so look, weird out of nowhere. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, Bronson Reed and then, like, Moro's telling me, oh, these two have been in battle for weeks now. And I'm like, okay, like. Glad? So, cool. So this and the next match, and Bronson Reed wins this with a splash off the top, right? This match and the next match, which we're going to talk about, you know what they felt like to me? And this is what I wrote down on my notes. These are like PWG matches that are like three and a quarter stars that are perfectly fine. But at the end of a PWG weekend, nobody's talking about because there was like seven matches that were better than, than this, right? Didn't that feel like this to you? Like one of those... P, you, you put on the PWG show, and there's like a a match that's perfectly fine, but you never think about it again because there were a thousand other matches on the show that were just way better than this was. And that's what this felt like to me. This felt like a low-level PWG match. And so did the next match, honestly. 
Um, do you have any other thoughts on Reed and Nice? Not really. I thought I thought the action again was pretty good. Uh, I I like I like parts of what they're doing with Bronson Reed. Like I could, I could lose the fucking you know camera shaking when he when he pounds the, the you know the ring steps. Like that could probably get lost, but whatever. That's a fight that I'm going to lose because that's what they like to do in their little entrances and choreograph or whatever. But uh, Nice is like a perfectly competent. Really, honestly, Nice is Nice is way better than people give him credit for. I, I know you've been beating this drum for years, but he's just yeah. like such a like you know the, the the classic like pros pro pro wrestler. Like he goes in there with Bronson Reed, who's still you know still pretty new and still kind of trying to figure things out or whatever. And he just goes out there and just has a really good solid pro wrestling match. Takes bumps like crazy, makes the guy look like a million bucks, gets his shit in every so often. But yeah, it, like he's really good, Tony Nice, man. It, it, it it's. It's it sucks that like this is probably will be his legacy is just like dude on roster, you know what I mean? But he's really good. And Bronson Reed, I like what they're doing with Bronson Reed, but yeah, I, I I could lose the you know the stomp of, of the ring steps. But otherwise, I I thought it was a solid enough match. He's not especially charismatic, niece. But last year he had a sneaky good year on all of the shows that nobody watches, and he he is way better than people give him credit for. Uh, just a sort of a bell to bell. You know, good, solid veteran hand to have on a roster that can go in there and have a good match with anybody. Uh, so we got a Mercedes Martinez little video package to hype up her return later in the show. And then we had an atrocious segment with uh, Robert Stone, oh Robert Stone and Aaliyah. And uh, they approach Shotzi Blackheart, who for some reason is just hanging out in her toy tank in the back. And uh, he offers a spot. And the Robert Stone brand. This sounds insane. If, if somebody didn't watch this and you just described this segment, it's fucking, it, it's ridiculous. It's so bad. It's such dog shit. So, uh, like everybody else, uh, Shotzi's like, why would I want to be part of your brand? You stink. Your wrestlers never win. Um, so she basically turns him down. He gets mad and throws his coffee over his shoulder. And then Shotzi and, and Aaliyah have the shocked look on their yeah. face. Oh, it's, it was hilarious, Joe. Oh, my God. What a... what a! It must have hit someone, right? So Robert Stone turns around, and it's Killian Dane. Oh. Killian Dane, who I always forget, is on the roster <laughs> until he randomly shows up once every month. And uh, so Killian Dane beats the shit out of Stone. And then for good measure, Shotzi runs over Stone's leg with her toy tank. And Stone is selling this like it's an actual tank that ran over his leg. This is the kind of shit that I complain about on a weekly basis that NXT has just been full of. Yeah, why Why is this on my NXT week. now? Why Why is this on NXT now? Why is this shit infiltrating NXT? Now, I have to be honest. This week, they really limited the bullshit, okay? Because we didn't have Dexter Loomis magically appearing. <laughs> Painting for anybody. Yeah, we're only we're only Kyle O'Reilly could see him or Roderick Strong could see him, right? We didn't have Kyle O'Reilly doing the uh, doing the psychiatrist bit, um, so a lot of the silliness we've been, and all of this stuff is real. If you haven't been watching NXT, okay, I'm not making any of it up. Kyle O'Reilly's like a psychologist. He like smokes a pipe and he grew a beard and he's like a psychiatrist. And uh, Roderick Strong just you know only he could see Dexter Loomis. Kind of like Hulk Hogan when the Ultimate Warrior came to WCW. Yes. Like that kind of deal. And, you know, Robert Stone is doing, you know, this. I compared him to Jameson. Do you remember Jameson? Of course. Yeah, Jameson from the Bushwhackers. Yeah. I feel like he's like a new age. I feel like somebody watched Jameson tapes and were like, we got to recreate Jameson. Because 
before this week, he's been running around with like his clothes hanging off and his hair is messed up and he's, you know, he's, he's down on his luck. This week, he kind of had his shit back together, but then he threw the coffee on Dane. And they just do, it's just bad WWE main roster comedy that never lands and is never funny. Yeah, because so, while, while he's getting while he's getting run over by this this toy tank, he's going, "I'm dying, my leg, I'm dying," and Aaliyah is like screaming in the background. It's just, it's so yeah. bad. Nobody's laughing. Nobody at home's laughing. It's just, it's dreadful. It's the lowest level shit, and it's uh, it's why NXT has slowly been drifting towards uh, very much being the third main roster show. Although it was toned down this week, I thought overall this was the best NXT in weeks. It wasn't great or anything. It was like one of those NXTs back when it was just super boring and had a lot of good wrestling. That's kind of what this episode was. Um, so then we see Undisputed Era arrive in the limo. And then uh, we had Swerve, Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Johnny Gargano. Gargano wins it with the one final beat. Um, and to me, this was very similar to Bronson Reed and Tony Neeson, where it was a very well-worked match that didn't overstay its welcome. And... It just struck me as like a low-level PWG style match. I had no problem with it. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I think there was a there was a lot of like they did like a weird grapple thing for like five minutes. It seemed a little too kind of dance routiney to, to me. I, I don't know if you caught the same vibe that I did, but but ultimately after that part, I liked the match a lot. If you take that first like I, I forget if it was right at the beginning, if it's like the five minutes at the beginning, or, or they did some work and then then did the grappling stuff. Like the grappling stuff just did not land with me whatsoever, just because it, it felt very much like a dance routine, but, but once they got through that and through like a, a, one of their commercial breaks or whatever, I, I did really like it. I thought it was a solid enough match. It's two really good pro wrestlers. So of course it was going to be solid, but yeah, I'm right with you on, on, on it being like, like right where Reed and Nice was, where it's like a good match, but a match that I'll never, ever, ever think about ever again. Yeah. But see, that's what separated this week from last week for great American bash, because I'll take a whole show full of these matches rather than whatever the Dexter Loomis thing was with strong with the strap match. Uh, the terrible handicap match with Rhea Ripley and Robert Stone and Aaliyah. Last week's NXT was so, was so bad that it made me consider no longer reviewing the show. And it, this week was going to go a long way in determining if I would still have the patience to review the show every week. Because it was like four straight weeks of utter trash. And last week was legitimately one of the worst two hours of TV I've ever seen. I really thought it was that bad. And this week I thought they rebounded okay because it was just a straightforward you know, a little dry, but just a straightforward wrestling show. So we had a Tegan Knox video package. She is going to be the next challenger for Io Shirai. Are they doing that match next week? I believe I, so. I... Yeah, I believe that is next week. All right. So Tegan Knox, I mean, her feud with Dakota Kai was great, but it kind of ended in a very limp way. I mean, they kind of limped to the finish mm-hmm. last week with the four way. I that four way was a horrible match. I mean, I know I talked about it already behind the paywall. But just in terms of work, it was a horrible match. Sloppy, messy, disjointed. One of the worst matches you'll see on TV that involve people that are good. Like, it was really bad. So that was really a shitty way to end the feud. In a four-way, first of all. And in a match that was so terrible. So, But it looks like Knox is done with Kai. Because she's, you know, next in line for a title shot here. And I know they really like Knox, and she's probably going to get a big push. I don't think she'll win the title. I don't think EO is going to lose it yet. But those two could have a really good match. Yeah, I'm excited. So. I'm excited for that. I'm, I'm a big fan of both of them. So uh, I will I will definitely, yeah, cannot wait for that match uh, next week. 
that little video wasn't bad. It was pretty good. So, you know, you got to know her a little bit. And yeah, she's got a great story. Out. I mean, it's, a, it's a, an incredible. I mean, they can tell that same story forever. The, you know, the, the injuries, the coming back from the injuries, the slowly working yourself up, getting turned on by Dakota Kai. Like, they, the, whatever they want to do with her in the future, they, they have that story forever with, with, with her, which is always pretty cool. So, so we had Breeze Dango and, and uh, Drake Maverick taking on Escobar, Mendoza, and my notes say Zima Ion, but I know that's <laughs> not his name. Joaquin Wild. Joaquin Wild, six-man action. Uh, look, look, this was fine. I thought it was a little bit of a letdown. Now, here's the thing. Anytime Breeze Dango is going to be on my screen. They fucking I- suck. Why are they there, dude? Just fire those guys. I, I don't want guys to be out of job, but, like, I'm good. Like, I, there's enough guys. They have fucking 700 people in that performance center. I don't. I don't want to see Brizango ever again. You, you know, like, no. is that too strong to say that I just don't want to see those guys? There, uh, there are 250 to 300 people in that roster at, at that PC that could probably fill that spot much better than those guys. I just, I, I don't. Why in 2020 am I watching Tyler Breeze and Fandango as regulars? Fandang- they're always they're out every week too. Go away. Get out of here. <laughs> Fandango's gimmick is literally like seven years past. Yeah, what are we doing? Like, come on. And and Tyler Breeze just doesn't try anymore. I mean, if you do you ever read his Twitter? Oh, he's done. Yeah, he's fucking. I feel bad for the guy because there was a time where it felt like he really wasn't a come up, and now it's just like, dude. (laughs) I don't even feel bad for him because I think he's just happy, and it's very clear his his he's never going to put in super effort anymore. I think he understands his slot. And he basically straight up says, hey, look, this is a job. It's a, it's a pretty steady job. I'm okay with my position. And hopefully I have this job for a long time. On some level, I have respect for that. Yeah, I guess. Like, like you know, it's like I, it, it, that's my argument with Ricochet. Like, and I know we disagree a little on that too. But it's like people come down on Ricochet. My whole thing with Ricochet is if he's happy and this is what he's wanted out of his career and he feels like he's reached the pinnacle and he's and – he's, truly happy i can't be mad at him and i can't be and i can't come down on where he thinks his career is if he's happy about it like you know what i mean and i i view tyler breeze i view tyler breeze the same way like tyler breeze seems like a smart guy and maybe he goes at home and maybe he goes home at night and puts his head on his pillow and maybe he doesn't have that drive to be the top guy on raw anymore but maybe he's realistic and just understands it's never going to happen and maybe he rationalizes that and says hey look i got a good gig it's easy uh, you know, and if he doesn't want to go out there, because he's a very talented wrestler, and I thought he was a guy on the verge at one point, but they just they don't like him. They saw him as comedy, and this is his lot in life. That doesn't mean I want to see him on my screen because I'm with you, right? I don't ever want to see Breeze Dango wrestle, but I can't be upset at Tyler Breeze for just being like, "Hey, man, I have a good job, and I'd rather do this than be on the indie hustle." But I have the same amount of respect for somebody who says my career. My career is going nowhere. I want out of here so I can, you know, make sure that my career goes further. I respect both ends of those spectrums, you know. And maybe Ricochet and Tyler Breeze just aren't those guys. Maybe they're not, uh, you know, whoever. Cody Rhodes, or there's probably a better example, although he's a pretty good example too. Maybe they're not the Revival or Cody Rhodes or, or, or someone who just thirsts for more and they're happy and, I can respect both trains of thought. Am I making any sense? No, absolutely. I, I'm kind of the same way. Like I, the, the thing that I hate the most is people that 
you know, sign on the dotted line and then bitch about it the entire time or whatever. You know what I mean? Or re-sign and then go, ah, this sucks. You know, I'm still not pushed or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, what do you think was going to happen? But people that, that are genuinely happy with what they're doing, I have no issues with that. I, my issues are always with the people that, that, that are on that roster that bitch and moan and complain about their pushes and their matches and stuff. And it's like, well, dude, what do you think was going to happen? So uh, it, the, the Ricochet one, though, is, is is tough because it's just like, oh, man. <laughs> like, it's so I, disappointing. I even, like, I'm glad he's either. happy, but I'm just like, no. I just I want someone to shake him and be like, no, you're 20, like, 8 years old. Like, no. Like, this is not enough. You can't end this way. Like, this can't be what you want. You can't be sitting here begging people to watch main event and, and telling people, Ah, oh, main event's actually a really good show. You should watch it more. It's like, no, I'm not. Ricochet, brother, you could do so much more. But if he's happy, I, I, you know, I am usually hands off with those guys. It's like, all right, look, if they're happy, if they're cool with their lot in life, I'm fine with that too. That, that, that's all I care about more than anything. Let me be clear. I want more for Ricochet. I think he deserves more. I think he has a genuine opportunity to be a star if they would get behind him. But with Paul Heyman out of the picture, Rich, it's never going to oh, happen. He's fucking done. Yeah, he's done. And, 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 you know, so it's not that I'm saying, you know, I'm just from there from I look, we always say this. It's the guys who resign and then complain. No, I don't want to hear from you because you chose to resign knowing what it is and knowing your lot. These guys chose to sign or resign or stick around and they're happy. Who am I to shit on somebody's happiness? Right. I don't know. But I'm with you. I never need to see. Breeze Dango ever again on my TV because they're just not funny. They're not entertaining. And, you know, I, I feel like if you were going to do Escobar's faction in a hot six man, you could have given Drake Maverick two better partners and they could have, you know, tore the house down with a hot six man match and it would have helped to get Escobar and his crew over a yeah, bit because well, I love that unit. It's a cool unit. The one thing that sucked in this match, though, was, like, they had to work super slow, and they couldn't do cool stuff because, like, I don't know that Breezango either A, can do it, or B, wants to do it, so it's like, instead I'm watching fucking Joaquin Wild like, doing, like, clubbing blows to the back while Tyler Breeze sells, and I'm like, what are we doing? Like, let's do some fucking flips. Let's have some fun here. Let's go. And, like, yeah, you're not getting any of that because, like, those guys just couldn't work to that level, which stunk. Yeah, so... um you know, disappointing from that aspect, but what can you do with, like you're saying, you know, uh, Fandango? How many knee replacements or, you know, whatever? I mean, guys are constantly injured, you know, on top of everything else, but uh, I don't know. I, it, the match was fine. So we had Gargano and Candice. Uh, they were having a celebration with one of the interview robots uh, talking about moving on and upward. They won their matches, so uh, they're happy tonight. And then we had uh, Mercedes Martinez against Santana Garrett. In Mercedes Martinez's return, uh, this was essentially a squash. It wasn't a full-on, you know, nameless jobber squash, but Martinez won this easily, um, and and it, she appears to be on the verge of a big push, which I am all about that because she's awesome. Yeah, no, I I like her a lot too. I just wish that we had, you know, I'm, I'm just. Well, I should say I'm really glad that we finally have a dark, mysterious character in NXT. It's been it's been too long since we had a uh, dark, ominous, mysterious uh, character in NXT. But no, think, I think like you, she's good. You think, so you think that's what they're doing with her? Um, yeah, because based like on the video. Yeah, based on the video, and then when <laughs> I don't know if you caught this, but it's it's perfect. Moro is like so they play the video or whatever. They get ready for the entrance. So Mercedes Martinez music starts playing, and Moro starts whispering. He doesn't want her to oh. hear because. <laughs> It's just like so weird. It's like, oh, oh, Mercedes Martinez is very mysterious and ominous. And all. 
good god oh but she's she's good so she'll make the most of that yeah it, I, honestly in the way like i'm jo- all joking aside like in the women's division i'm i'm, I'm all for her coming in and, and, and being this character because i think there's a lot of stuff you could do with this because a lot of the other women on the roster are like very small or, or, or real tiny or that sort of stuff so i think there's a lot you can do there with like her against people like like a tegan knox as, as well like that seems like a pretty natural uh thing that you can do and a lot of other stuff that you can do with her so yeah i'm excited and she's she's saw she's awesome so yeah it, i i'm glad she's getting a, a decent push and, and i'm excited to see where it goes for sure she looked great here yeah she looked awesome um if she ever gets to the main roster, I was thinking about this watching this too. Do you think that Vince, you know, Shayna Baszler's her because she doesn't, you know, have the the typical Kevin Dunn, Vince McMahon, yeah. what a oh, woman no, should look like yeah. kind of look? No, she's done. She's done when she goes to the main roster. And people get mad when you say this stuff, but it's like I'm sick of having examples of this. I said it with Shayna. People are arguing with me. Oh, no. Shayna's so good. Like, oh, no. He's going to want, like, a, uh, an aggressive woman on the run. No, he doesn't. He's never wanted that. I mean, he, okay. Can I play I think Mercedes? I, I think Mercedes will be better off than Shayna was, though, in that category. Because she doesn't do MMA. Right. I think Vince just doesn't understand the submissions and the MMA style. On top of not being a fan of her look. Right. Whereas Mer- Mercedes Martinez is just a fucking ass kicker. And I think Vince understands an ass kicker. I agree. Yeah. No, I, I, I think so. And I, I, I think the look isn't as much of a detriment. Like, I don't care about the Shayna Baszler look for the record. Like, people always, like, when I say that, I'm like, dude, I'm just talking about from their standpoint. For me, people, I think listen, Shayna Baszler people, fucking rocks. And I would push her to the fucking yeah. moon because I think she's great. Like, people, I don't give people, a shit. People know it's not us. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. We, we we would push. I mean, come on. What what is there not the? When they were pushing her, we loved it. I mean, I thought the elimination chamber match was awesome. Oh my god, Remember? how great was that? When she was just killing people left and right. That's my kind of wrestling right there. So you know, but it's like I think, I think I was thinking about this watching the show, but I think Martinez would have a better chance because I think Vince would under and she's got good size. Yeah, the size is there and the, and the style of dance pretty well. I think the Shayna thing is hurt because she is kind of short. So I think, and, and we know how Vince thinks. Short is weak, and tall is strong. So yeah, I, I think Mercedes, because most other women that Mercedes is going to be in the ring with, and that's why I mentioned on NXT, I'm kind of excited because like a lot of the other women in NXT, she like she's like you know five inches taller than you know five or six inches uh, taller than. So I think that might work a little bit better because yeah, if you do look at the history of 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 women that Vince has, has pushed, they're usually one of two categories. They're either like what he considers like a gorgeous woman that the guys are all going to fawn over and all that sort of stuff. Or and then there are your, not, I don't want to say your monster women, but like your bigger, you know, your, 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 Chiminas, your Kongs, your, you know, those sort of uh, people that, that he has pushed in the past too. So yeah, I, I think Mercedes probably would fit into that category because she, she is tall enough to maybe pull it off. So yeah, she's not a monster in that sense, but she's, she's, she's she has tall size. And, yeah. Height is always going to matter with, with, with Vince and, and, and it's always going to matter on the main roster. So I, I I don't know. I just think that there's elements there, which I agree with what you said. I think she would stand a better chance than Shayna would, than Shayna did. We're seeing the the proof with Shayna that she's yeah, ice. She's on ice. Yeah, she's done. Like she's not even doing anything, right? She's not on any show. No, they just sent her home. She's iced. Now look, <laughs> come on. I, now look, we always have to consider COVID, either wanting to stay home for COVID or being infected or what. Sure, but. I don't. I don't get the sense that's the case with her because she was sent home long before that became a major issue. There, it's it's that was a Haman uh, disciple, 
and someone Heyman had gotten behind. And look, we talked about it when Heyman lost power. Some of his people were just going to fall by the wayside. And she was one of them. You know, we were going to find out real quick who the people were. In fact, she was kind of iced, I think, before Heyman was even gone. I think they made him pull her yeah, off. Yeah, it, it felt like that was an overruling where it was like, all right, we're done with this thing. <laughs> like, Moot next. Yeah. What, what, else, what else you got for us, Paul? Because this one's not working. Yeah. It, it. And then now it's been like, yeah, it feels like it, it wasn't even gradual. It's like done, and then she's gone and disappeared. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think it's COVID-related. I have no idea. But because she was working. I don't think it is either. She was yeah. working before when, when you know, things were still going on. But, yeah, I, I definitely think it's it's probably – she's just on ice because yeah. Vince they sees just, nothing in her. So And has no ideas – uh, on what to do with her either, which is it's it's crazy. <laughs> How do you not figure something out for Shayna? Ba- I mean, Jesus, yeah. fucking Christ! Even just to be someone's muscle, anything. I mean, how can you not find a role for Shayna? It's 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 crazy. Um, so we had a uh, Cameron Grimes, Damian Priest video package. Those two men don't like each other, Rich. <laughs> so I guess they'll have a match either next week or the weekend. I can't I can't do Damian Priest's voice. It's too much. It's like it's like a weird low key thing, you, you know, like not low key, like but like the wrestler low key. Where's like, oh, Cameron Grimes, uh, I'm gonna take you down next week. <laughs> I'm like, what are we doing? Like, it's so weird. And he's like, cool guy, but he's not cool. Like, I th- I think we're supposed to think he's cool, right? Yeah, because he like wears glasses and leather, but I don't think he's cool at all. Like, I I don't know. Maybe some people do think he's cool, but no, he's he's. No, you're right. Like, he's not cool at all. Like, like what is he supposed to be? To be? Like, wh- what generation is he supposed to be cool in? Is it, like, grungy I, cool? Like, 1992 cool? Like, I don't know what it is. It's He's, like, a weird, he's like a weird combination of, like, like a emo and grunge and hardcore. Like, he's a melding of all of these things, but he's none of them. <laughs> right. He's, like, kind of a goth, but not really. Kind of a goth, but not really. Yeah. Like, uh, kind of a burnout, but not really. Just, he's just a little bit of everything. He's kind of like, like a stereotypical, like, in an in, in insert random, like, teen movie from, like, 1996. And there's, like, the burnout guy, you know, that they're, like, you know, the teacher's, like, if you applied yourself, you'd really, you know, be able to make colleges. And, you know, eventually he learns the lessons and, and, and you know, he does go to college. But, yeah, it takes, it takes a lot of twists and turns along the way for him to really understand what's going on. But. You know. And he looks like he's 32. <laughs> right, yeah, he's like, you know, he's he's flicking a pencil up and down as they're, you know, they're cutting to him, and yeah. they ask him for the answer, and he's like, I didn't, I didn't do any homework. <laughs> like, it's like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Damien, like, home. you know, you want to have a future, you... unless you want to go work in the coal mines with your father, you need to, you know, learn. Yeah, but then that's like a sore subject, because like his dad died in the coal mines. Right, so right, he's... right. He's like, don't talk. And that's why he's dark and mysterious. But one of the girls right. finds out that's why he's dark and mysterious. And, you know, they have a, a, a hug and a cry. And then little by little, through. you know, yeah. the shell starts breaking and he becomes, you know. Yeah, she gets him to talk about his dad. Right. <laughs> right. And then he then he starts to apply himself. Because before that, the only class he cares about is wood shop. Yeah, but, you know, shop. No, sh- like shop. Like like working on cars. He's like, I just want to work on cars. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's always got, yeah, yeah. He's got a grease rag that he, he throws up on his shoulder. When someone yeah. comes into the room, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's not a man of many words, but they're always, like, they're always poignant words. <laughs> oh, he always yeah, absolutely, to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Even though he's supposed to be 17 and, you know, depressed <laughs> about his dead dad and all that. But, but he looks like he's 35. He always has the right witty remark. Yeah, drives a Camaro a to school. Constant 5 o'clock shadow. <laughs> um, you know... <laughs> Just smarter than the teachers, even though he's failing all his classes. You know, that that that's what he had. That's Damian Priest. You know? So 
Um, I don't know what the fuck he is, but uh, I, you know, they'll have a match next week, I guess. So then we had the title. <laughs> what a preview. <laughs> they'll have a match next week, I guess. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What do you want me to say? I know. Like, I know. Yeah. It's like. I don't know. Like, like Cameron Grimes is another one. What is he? He wears a hat and he has a hairy chest. I, I don't know. Like, and he's. He's just a dickhead heel who... Yeah, he's like a 70s rock band washout guy, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it is exactly. I don't, I, I, like, I, right, I don't yeah, know you're what right. it's like, to... He's like He's like third rhythm guitar in Leonard Skinnerd, right? A Leonard Skinner that... cover band. Right. Not actually Leonard Skinner. Like. No. No. And he's not lead guitar. He's like third rhythm guitar. Right. Because right? Leonard Skinner, they're like the Wu-Tang of rock bands. There's like 50 people on the stage. There's like people. I'm convinced half of those guitars aren't plugged in. You, why do you need that many people in a band? It doesn't make any sense, right? It's like he's the extra guitarist in that. Give me the most obscure Wu Tang member who never even gets lines, who's just there to Capadonna. Capadonna. That is what he is to the Leonard Skinner cover band. He's the Capadonna of the Leonard Skinner cover band. They don't even plug in his fucking, or he just holds a tambourine, right? That, that that's what he is. So. Uh, that's his character trait. So there's your hot preview for the Cameron Grimes, Damian Priest. I <laughs> can't wait. It's exciting. We had the uh, unification match for the North American and NXT titles. Keith Lee, Adam Cole, baby. Um, so I don't know. This had a lot of the NXT melodrama, Adam Cole cutting mid-match promos. <laughs> it's um, my title and you're never going to win it. <laughs> it's so yeah. Bad. Yeah, yeah, oh, just the, the total, the total Sean, total Sean Michaels shit. Yeah, right. Oh just, yeah, that, that's that's HBK hundred percent along the way. So uh, you know, so Lee kicks out of the last shot. He kicks out of the kicks out of everything, everything. Yeah, which is fine. I, I I didn't have any issues with that, but yeah, he kicked out of everything. So so he kicked out of both finishes. Then Cole hits another last shot, and another last shot goes for another Panama Sunrise, but Lee catches him. And he hits him with that uh, big sit-out Kota Ibushi uh, powerbomb thing. I forget what Lee calls it, but everybody knows what I'm talking about. And then he hits the BBC, and he wins both titles. I still can't believe that name. <laughs> the name of the movie was the BBC. <laughs> ah, that's just the uh, British Broadcasting Company. Yeah, yeah, of I, course. Yeah, yeah. Which, which I appeared on. That's true, which, yeah, uh, yeah. I was a guest on BBC Radio, in case you forgot, Rich. But uh, what's the problem? British Broadcasting. Yeah, what, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, Big I don't Bang know why everybody... catastrophe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what else anybody. Would... I don't know why everybody else snickers about it. I don't know what's so funny about the British Broadcasting Company or uh, the Big, or the Bang, Big catastrophe. Bang catastrophe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't see the humor in those letters being together. Do you think people know why he's calling it that, like in the company, or do you think he slipped that one? through? I think he slipped that one through. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of stories how like Vince doesn't know that, and well, the problem is like I, I'm sure. Hmm, I wonder if if. if, if old H and road dog knows what it means for sure. Right. Oh yeah. I'm trying to think of the guys in the room that know what it is. So road dog laughs every time. Yeah. Cause he knows. Yeah. I don't think HBK knows. And I'm not sure about Hunter. He's a man of God now. And I feel like when Shawn Michaels was watching porn, it was on video cassettes. Right. And, they, and it wasn't a up. thing. Yeah. He doesn't know the, the tags. He doesn't know tags or, he doesn't or... know the tags. Right. 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 So yeah, he's out. Yeah. Cause he just like threw a VHS into the machine and watched like some, you know, real old school, cuzzy, you know, scuzzy stuff. So yeah, he's watching like Seika and Linda Lovelace and stuff <laughs> right. like that. You know, he's a not... lot of Bush, yeah, a lot of Bush and stuff. So a yeah, lot of sure. Bush, a lot of Bush. You're right. He hasn't watched porn since Bush was like a thing. 
So he doesn't understand the acronyms. So he's out. Yeah. He's the wild card. I don't know. I don't know. I think he thinks that there's something weird going on, but he's not quite sure because Road Dog always laughs about it. But he hasn't quite picked up on it just yet. I think he knows. I think he knows. You think? Okay. Would Vince know what BBC Oh, God, no. 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 Not a chance. Do you think Vince watches porn? I don't. You don't think he watches porn probably, on his phone? I, I think he probably, similar to his theory on, like, why are you watching a movie when we make movies type thing, he right. might just, like, watch a Lacey Evans match and, and just whack to that, if if anything, so. Yeah. It's a good point. You know what I mean? Like, like, like when he gets mad at, like, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. for watching a TV show on a plane, like, well, why are you watching a comedy? We make comedy, brother. <laughs> like, pal. That's, like, a, that's a real story, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was watching a stand-up special or something. And Vince was like, why are you watching that? We have comedy on Raw. (laughs) (laughs) Just a demented individual, you know? Um, I just love this idea. (laughs) (laughs) Just imagine Freddie Prince Jr. That must have been the day when he was like, all right, I think think I'm done with this. (laughs) Uh, We're told in the chat that Triple H once accidentally liked a porn tweet about anal. Okay, well, so, okay. That's that's actually a famous thing too. I, I I don't know if you remember this too. We're getting we're getting dicey here in, in hour three, uh, but I think uh, little Stephanie was once on Howard Stern. It's hour two, um, and I remember that uh, one time Howard was like, well, you know, in, in famous, you know, Howard, he was like, Prager. I, how I remember this, I have no idea. Maybe maybe I want to remember this. I don't know, but uh, he was like asking her about like you know her sex life or whatever, and she was pretty open about it, and and he just kept like shouting words at her. Basically, like, hey, you do this? And she was like, yeah, 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 every so often. And she says, anal, do you do anal? And she was like, yeah, I love it. And he's like, whoa, <laughs> like, caught him by surprise. Yeah, he got a, he got a good answer. Do you remember that? And she was like, yeah, I love it. Like, you know, yeah, I, I love when that, you know, he. I forget what exactly her, her word was. But, like, the other thing, she was like, ah, oh, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. And then he was like, anal. And she's like, yes. <laughs> it was like, whoa, okay. All right, we found it. We got it. So um, I'm not surprised that the H likes the uh, the butt stuff, so. Yeah, I, th- I guess he was accident. I guess he accidentally liked what while doing the scroll. Yeah, right. So, yeah. And it, people on Twitter are insane. Like, who is who is fucking monitoring people's <laughs> no, likes twenty four seven? Yeah. Isn't Twitter the worst thing in the it's universe? It's fucking garbage. Like, yeah, delete it. D- delete it immediately, everybody. So. It's so bad. Like, it's it's going to be the downfall of civilization. Like. Who cares what people are liking? You see that all the time. You know, it's like, and why are you monitoring this? Who gives a shit, Rich? My thumb, that's right where I swipe. And I accidentally like shit all the time, man. You don't know how fast I go and unlike it no matter what it is. Because you, because people are always looking at that shit, you know? Yeah, the, but heat, just, the heat you get is crazy for, oh, it's crazy. I like this. And you don't know why I liked it. I Maybe maybe I liked it to save it to, to laugh at it later and say how stupid it is later, you know? Or maybe that's just where my fucking thumb was. Right. Who gives a shit? It's crazy, you know? So anyway, he accidentally liked a porn tweet, apparently. Okay, so, so he knows. He knows. Maybe it's all. Maybe it's an inside joke on, on Michaels. I think if you told Vince what it meant, he would love it. Yeah, oh, no, he'd laugh a lot, for sure. Can't you see someone going, hey, Vince, here's what this means. They cup their hand over his ear and whisper it to him. Oh, he's, he's thigh slapping for sure. Big black cock. I love it. <laughs> I love big black cock. <laughs> right? I can totally see him. Big, totally. Bulbous. Gold. <laughs> it's huge. It's, 
Right. And then he goes on yeah. too long, too, of course, yeah. And and then I think that would help Keith Lee's Oh, I, I, Keith Lee would be on the main roster tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah. Sure. So, he hits the BBC, wins the title. I, I thought this was a – look, it was a good match. I can't call it great. Um, I'd maybe go three and a half or something like that, but it's, it's just too much melodrama. Right. And a little too much. Look, I, I get the idea of kicking out of all the finishes if, if Adam Cole is either leaving the territory or going babyface. You make it definitive. I get it. Can't call it a great match, though. But a, a good match. What you think? Yeah, I'm kind of the same as you. I'm, I'm kind of over the NXT style. So I understand that there might be people that like this match a lot more than I did. But I have seen a lot of people. I think the consensus is right around where I'm at, too, like three and a half. It's like this whole style's gotten a little, you know, three, four years ago, this exact same match probably charts higher, and I probably like it a little bit more. But we've seen this, particularly with Adam Cole. We've seen the same style Adam Cole match like six or seven times now in these big spots. And I'm just kind of over it. And, the you know, grabbing the rope with one finger and the mid-match promo and the this is life for death and the 19 kickouts like it's just it's all been done so many times that like yeah i just not i'm not that interested and i'm not really kind of invested in it anymore but i mean ultimately i think it was good effort i, I love the idea of adam uh adam cole losing the title i love the idea of keith lee winning the title i think adam cole's had the title way too long i'm really interested to see if they do something with an undisputed era hopefully move them up hopefully move Adam Cole up because I think they've just been there forever and it's really made it the, the top of the card stale. So I'm excited to see Keith Lee with the title. With that being said, the uh, the shot at the end of the match with Karrion Cross looking down at the ring with his, you know, his fucking sand timer, uh, I, I, I think Keith Lee is not long for this title. The NXT Championship, at least. No, 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 no. I mean, Cross yeah, is Karen... beating him. A thousand percent. Bet the fucking house Karrion Cross is beating him, right? Oh, they're building around Cross, yeah. They, they love the Cross. Yeah, they love the Cross. Um... I'm just hoping the house style changes with Cross. I'm not crazy about Cross, but if it means six-minute NXT main events. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from Arena Club Com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded 
by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I think we could all use that, um, you know, after the last couple of years. Um, that was NXT. Look, I thought it was a pretty good show. I thought it was a drastic improvement over the last few weeks, especially over last week. You got the big title change at the end, even if it was spoiled by one of the dopey trainees who tweeted it out last week. How's that guy not fired? Yeah, who, who was that exactly? Uh, that did it. Do you remember the name? Uh, no, I mean someone yeah, who hasn't. I, I don't remember either. Yet, obviously, they're expendable. So how can you keep that person around? I mean, I'm shocked they haven't fired them. Like it seems drastic, but it seems like something they would fire someone for. Is what I'm saying. Oh you know yeah, I mean? no, for sure. Especially if it's just like a nameless dude. That's why I was curious who it was. Because if it's just like a guy that's there, like yeah, why not just you know send a message and say, look, this shit can't get out. Like you can't do this. And and I appreciate that. Like. You know, I think Keith Lee was like, well, you never know, you know, <laughs> and then like, I think yeah. they were alluding to, well, we do, you know, we do fit, you know, we film multiple finishes, so you're never quite sure. And like, everybody knew, and it seemed pretty obvious that that was going to be the result. But yeah, still with that said, like, yeah, I'm surprised that dude's not launched or, or there wasn't like a more public, like, hey, look, don't do this shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're in the middle of a ratings war and you gave away the finish to a match that you're giving away on free TV. That really is a bigger match than a free TV match. So there's a major fuck up by whoever that kid was, but um, I don't think he's been, uh, been fired. Um, fighter fest night two, ready to move on. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So fighter fest night two opens up with the private party who earned a title shot last night. I like that theme. It's very catchy. The private party theme song. There's two AEW themes that I'm always like, I got to stop and listen to the theme. Private Party and fucking Sean Spears. Why does Sean Spears have such a cool That's a great song. That's a great theme song for such a <laughs> generic, boring wrestler. <laughs> what a great theme he had, you know? And it's like, that might be the best thing about him, is his entrance theme. Like, it, 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 you, you get excited when he comes out because of his entrance theme, and then it's Sean Spears with yeah, the bell ring. right, right. right. No, but um, I like Private Party too. It's a very energetic theme. I think it fits their characters well. But uh, they get the title shot off of their win last week over Proud and Powerful against Omega and Page. Fighting champions, Omega and Page, huh? Every fucking they are, dude. Yeah, it's amazing how often they're there. So, uh, Page and Omega win this. Page with a uh, the the closing stretch here was uh, Page had a blind tag on Omega's back. Um, in the middle of a, uh, I can't read my own notes. This happens every week on the Thursday TV reviews behind the paywall. People pay and I can't read my notes. Uh, point here is Paige and Omega win. They hit the, uh, their, 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 uh, gimmick finish with the slingshot. Um, 
uh, what's he called the 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 lariat that he helped me out here, Rich. Save uh, the, me. the the the, uh, the buckshot, the buckshot lariat, right? The buckshot lariat with the yeah, and uh, you know he he picks up the pin. But I thought after I botched the whole finish there, um, this was the best private party to me maybe has ever looked. What, how do you feel about that? No, I, I think it's a good theory. Because I, I think, actually, interestingly enough, I thought they slowed down a little bit in this match, which I did not. Like, when you tell me it's Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus Private Party, I think we're doing boom, boom, boom. We're bouncing all over the place, doing crazy stuff. And they, it wasn't like the match they did with the Young Bucks. That match, you know, the, I think it was, was the first episode of Dynamite, right, was was the Private Party uh, Bucks, right? Or first or second. I forget exactly if it was first or second. But that, like, that still is probably my favorite Private Party match, and that's, like, perfectly what they do. And that's perfectly their style or whatever. But in, like... And we've talked about it a lot, and you've talked about it in the tier reviews, is like over the last few months, it seems like they're always trying to kind of get that magic back again and just do a match where they do 6,000 things or whatever. But what that usually leads to is them slipping up, botching something, something gets fucked up, something doesn't look right, something looks weird or whatever. And I like in this match that they weren't as crazy. Like, that was a little bit more grounded. They still were enough crazy, and they were still bouncing around the ring a little bit. But I think this style and this way that they approach this match, I think it has more more legs than what they usually have been trying to do lately and, and, and which to me is trying to recreate that young bucks magic which just might never happen again with a lot of the other you know teams on the roster and not really happen with any other team around the world because it's the fucking young bucks it's like really hard to have that style of match with a bunch of other dudes but i thought this match they were a little bit more grounded they were a little bit i i thought um you know kept the the, the crazy high flying it I don't want to say a minimum because they still did plenty of it, but I thought it wasn't too over the top, and I thought it was cool that they looked smooth and everything went well. And 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 yeah, I would like to, I'd honestly like to see them have more matches with Page and Omega because I think that would improve them tremendously. Like if this match, if this is a match that happens like five times this year, I think it would be tremendous for Private Party and a, a great learning experience for those guys. Everything was smoother here out of them than I than I've seen ever before. So and and maybe it wasn't just high spot after high spot getting all their shit in. I thought they uh, were smoother than they've ever been. So I'm going to redeem myself. This was the closing stretch. Uh, Hangman Page gets a blind tag, and then uh, Cassidy breaks up the buckshot lariat, which he was uh, about to win the match with. Then Cassidy hits a shooting star press for a two count, and then Omega breaks up the gin and juice. They were about to beat Page with the gin and juice. He breaks it up, and then Omega and Page hit the last call for the win. So... Um, I totally botched that at the start of this uh, of this review, but that was the closing stretch. And I thought that closing stretch was very well done. The sneaky um, blind tag by Page just continues to play into that story. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, th- this – I mean, they're, a, they're the tag team of the year for me, and I don't think it's even close. And they're just putting up – I mean, match after match. I mean, they've had two they, – they worked both nights of <laughs> Fighter Fest and had awesome yeah. matches on both nights or whatever, like – I like I know people are ready and 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 anxious for the breakup, but man, I really want to see this just because like I don't want to see this team break up because they have I think so many good matches ahead of them uh, as well. But like I love that like every single match has something, every single moment has something. Whether it's you know FTR coming out and him pouring out the beer, Adam Page doing the the blind tag, like just little subtle things. But you can do those for a few more months. And get a lot more out of this. Like, I don't want to see Paige. Like, I know people are ready for, like, Paige just to lay him out or whatever. But, like, that's too soon. I mean, let these guys have – let this build a little bit more. Why not? Why, why not let it stretch out a little bit more? I am not even close to ready for them to break up. I, I, not even close. No, I mean, I would, it's way too soon. You know? And Kenny Omega's role here is so important in helping to continue to get this guy over. You know? And, and um, you know, like I said, the blind tag, it's like a little thing. And – it, you know, the announcers don't, you know, beat you over the head with it either. 
you know, and it's just they get along, but it's not like, you know, in, in wrestling, things are rarely subtle, you know, but these guys like they get along. It's just these little moments where they don't, you know, and it's not these over exaggerated, you know, hit you over the head with it sort of deals, you know, so um, great closing stretch. And they worked in a little bit of, you know, Paige going into business for himself. So I enjoyed the match. We had Joey Janela versus Lance Archer. Archer immediately tosses Sunny Kiss off of the stage. Uh, Archer's gimmick is he usually grabs a stagehand or a jobber and tosses them around before the match, just like when he used to beat up the Young Lions in New Japan. Rich, if something works, if it ain't broke, you don't fix it. Oh, hell it, right? yeah. No, keep so, it up, man. He's been great. Absolutely. You don't have to give him a complete, you know, fresh coat of paint. It, you know, that's why they signed him, so he has essentially the same gimmick. So he's beating the shit out of Janela. When we come back from the commercial break, Janela makes a short comeback. Uh, Archer eventually goes for the blackout. Janela has a tremendous counter to the blackout with sort of a uh, fall down lariat. I don't know what else to call it. And he scores a two count. There's a, uh, a referee distraction. So Sonny Kiss tries to help out his partner, does a 450 splash on Archer. So it's basically two on one at this point, which it has to be if Janela is going to beat this man. Uh, but eventually Archer is too much. And he does hit the uh, the blackout, and he wins the match. What did you think of this one? I really liked this match. I thought I, I thought Janela looked really good in this, and and I think I t- made a tweet about it as well. That like Janela, I don't think it's enough credit these days for being like a super solid pro wrestler. Like he he is like he's a dude who was kind of like a junky backyard like low indie guy for a while, and like everyone you know you know what I mean. Like and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like he was coming up, it, it, you know, he was he was learning, he was still super young or whatever. But at this point, like he's a solid pro wrestler. Like he's a really really good pro wrestler, and I don't know if I could have predicted that or anybody could have predicted that when you know he was famous for jumping off buildings you know you know and 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 doing deathmatch stuff uh for a while there but he's turned himself into i think a a tremendous pro wrestler but no i thought this was really good i thought archer looked great um i think janela did a great job of 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 selling all of his moves i like that archer gave janela a little bit but it never felt like he was out of control at any point You, you know like archer felt like he could win the match whenever he really wanted to but but still gave janela just a bit because janela is not a total jobber you don't want to beat janela in like eight minutes you know in eight seconds you want him to have a little bit of back and forth you want him to be able to get some moves in there so so i appreciated that and i i also made a tweet about this too and it's something I've noticed over the last few weeks with Lance Archer, and it's, a, it's a, you know, kudos to uh, AEW's production. But they shoot Lance Archer different than they shoot a lot of other wrestlers on that show in terms of, like, every camera shot is low looking up at him. It's all close-ups. They're zooming in on his face. They're zooming in on his hands. They're, they're making him look like a giant monster, and it's really cool. Like, it's a nice, subtle thing that a lot of other companies should do more. You know, WWF did a great job of doing that with Andre the Giant for all the years to make Andre look larger than life. And I love that they're doing that with Archer, too. It's, it, it, it's subtle. It's maybe not noticeable by a bunch of other people, but it's nice little nods that, that you know, let you know that this guy is meant to be big and tall and menacing, and, and they do a really good job in, in, uh, uh, of portraying that uh, via their camera shots and, and, and the way they shoot him. So I just wanted to give him credit for that because it's, it's something that I notice that maybe other people don't, but I wonder if people might start, you know, kind of picking up on it a bit. Yeah, I uh, I thought it was a good match, and I liked it, but I would have booked this completely different. I would have had Lance Archer destroy both of them, just a total annihilation. Um, I don't like how they followed up at all with Archer losing to Cody. I think he's had one or two matches. Uh, yeah, I know for sure he had a match on Dark, uh, maybe against Pineapple Pete. Don't remember the opponent. I'm not even sure he's had a match on Dynamite since the loss to Cody. If he did, it was just a short squash. But 
I don't think the follow-up has been good with him. And I think he should have came out and not sold at all for either one of them. And this was a great opportunity to have him just completely decimate two men at the same time. And I don't even really think that would have buried Janela. Because I'm with you. I don't think Janela is like a jobber who deserves to be buried. But in a spot like this, I don't think it would have made Janela look bad because Archer has been presented as such a monster. Um, I think the Janela Sunny Kiss tag team is just a lower mid-card prelim tag team anyway. So I don't really think you'd be doing a ton of damage by, by approaching it that way. And I think that rehabbing Archer after the Cody loss is more important than protecting Janela and Sonny Kiss, who you're never really going to push as a tag team at the top, let's be honest. I mean, they're going to be a mid-card tag team at best. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I would have made it a total destruction. Do I think it was some kind of massive mistake? No. I just would have done things differently. And I did enjoy the match for what it was. I just felt like it was too long. Why should it take Lance Archer through a commercial break to beat Joey Janela? I mean, can we at least do it? Can we at least not go through a commercial break with this match? Is that too much to ask? May, you know, if you don't agree with me that maybe it shouldn't have been a complete destruction, I do still think it was too long. I mean, I, I you know, so I don't know. But that's a, that's a dynamite problem. I think most of the matches on dynamite are a little bit long in the tooth. But um, at the end of the day, these are minor gripes because, you know, I don't think Archer looked weak. It's like you're saying. He was always firmly in control. Right, right. And the only times that he wasn't is when it was two-on-one. So you're really telling the same story with the way they did it. You're just giving Janela and Kiss a little more respect than my method, which would have been just to destroy him. I would have just had him destroy him. And then you could have Janela and Sonny Kiss just win a match next week, and you rehab them easily. I mean, I don't think they would have looked bad at all because it's Lance Archer. If they would have lost that way to Sean Spears, that's another story. But it's Lance Archer. He could kill anybody. I don't know. Um, we had a Darby Allen video, uh, again, black and white, and he did a coffin drop into a, uh, a foam pit from about, I don't know, looked like a 30 foot drop. Yeah. Uh, you were supposed to know that it was Travis Pastrano, by the way, who, uh, he was with, who's a, uh, fuck is that Travis Pastrano? He did uh, he did X game style. I think he was motocross. I want to say no interest motocross, supercross. Yeah. You were supposed to, you were supposed to know that was him, but I'm supposed to know that. Yeah, I think so. Are you supposed to know that? I, I mean, I knew that? it because I, I, I watch, like, the X Games and shit. But, yeah. I, they, they like, briefly said it, and then I thought they were going to come back and say, well, that was Travis Pastrana, of, uh, you know, and they never did. And I was like, oh, man, they're really, like, assuming everybody knows who Travis Pastrana is. And that's, like, yeah, no, a big deal not. in certain circles. Like, he's a pretty big deal. But, like, yeah, they never really hit on that. And I was like, ah, you might want to, like, let people know who that was real quickly. But they never did, so. Well, they had Tony Hawk a few weeks ago, and everybody knows who Tony Hawk yeah, is. Yeah, Tony Hawk you don't need to introduce. Travis, I think you do need to at least say, hey, that's Travis. Because he's, like, he's adjacent to Tony Hawk, but obviously, like, many, 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 many rungs below Tony Hawk. You don't need to right. introduce. You don't have to say, well, that was Tony Hawk. Like, everybody knows who fucking Tony Hawk is. But I would have maybe said, hey, that's Travis Pastrana or whatever. But they, they didn't do it, so that's fine. Whatever. I agree. I don't know who this fucker is, so I agree that he probably should have been named, especially if you're trying to give Darby some rub. Well, it wasn't just, like, a dude who has a phone pit. That's what I mean. It wasn't like Darby just went to some guy's house who had a phone pit. Like, it's a famous guy who has a phone pit. You know what I mean? Yeah. He does stunts. He does motocross stunts into the foam pit. Oh, that's that, his gimmick. Right, right. He's like a, he, he, he does like big big air, you know, X Games shit or whatever. So, yeah. It's I, like, listen, I just thought it was one of Darby's pals. Well, that's like, what I mean. Like, that's why you have to say, hey, that's not just one of Darby's fucking <laughs> druggy friends. Like, that's yeah, Travis Pastrano of, you know, the X Games fame or whatever. So, yeah, I, they should have done that and they didn't. So, yeah. Um, I agree then, because I completely went over my head that I'm supposed to know who this guy is. Uh, we have Taz come out, 
with Brian Cage, I'm excited. I got stand up. Oh, I know. I could I could sense. I knew when I was watching that last night, I knew, God damn it, Joe is gonna be so excited to talk about this. So This was so fucking great. <laughs> Taz Taz is legitimately my favorite thing in all of pro wrestling right now. His promos are just so believable. There's credibility there. It's no nonsense. When Taz cuts a promo, all I could think to myself was like, if he was cutting this on me, I'd be terrified for my life. That's how great his promos are. And they're just, it reminded me of all the great promos he cut in ECW. That was a top level promo in ECW uh, for all the same reasons. And this was just such an ace pairing to put him with Brian Cage, who cannot talk for himself. So this is perfect, right? And he comes out. I, I do want to say, not to interrupt, but like people are lost yeah. when they're like, ah, why are they attaching Brian Cage to Taz? And it's like, because Cage can't fucking talk. Like, this is pro wrestling 101. Like, guy that looks like a million bucks but can't talk, give him a fucking mouthpiece. Give him a heater. Like, what do we do? Like, what? Come on. Also, within a month, Taz is the best manager in wrestling. Right. Like, like, I, how I, I, I can't this? understand why people get mad like, about this. I can't. I, it, it's cra- like within a month, he is already the best manager in wrestling. Like, I don't even think it's particularly close. He's better than anybody on this show. And WWE doesn't really have them. And the ones they do either aren't given anything to do, Malcolm Bivens, or jokes like, uh, you know, Stone. Um, you know, it, it's uh, you take him over Selena De La Renta. I know I would. Uh, you take him over uh, any managers on Impact. Um, any managers in the uh, NWA. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, Japan. You take him over Gato. Uh, yeah, he's the best manager in wrestling, and he's been doing it a month. I mean, it's just such wasted talent. This guy should have been doing this for the last 20 years. That, that's the thing that I think that every time he comes on, like, it's, it's – I should just enjoy it for what it is and say, oh, man, Taz is awesome. I really like this. But the entire time I'm thinking, dude, this guy was just a bullshit announcer for years. There was a while there where Taz was really good with Michael Cole. Taz and Michael Cole on SmackDown were great. And then, like – you know, a few years later, he just became like, you could tell he didn't care anymore and he was kind of over it. And he just became like a generic announcer guy. TNA brings him in. He's a generic announcer guy. WWE, he, he comes back to WWE. He's just a generic announcer. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, dude, like, what a waste this guy has been for the last decade. Like, yeah. Like, this could have been was, him. Like, and, and honestly, really Taz was like my favorite wrestler. Like, when I first started watching ECW, it was because of Taz. Yeah. Like, I came in in like 97, 98, and Taz was it. Like, other people are like, yeah, Raven and Dreamer and Funk and, and these guys. I was 100% Taz. Taz talked me into ECW, got me into it. And, and yeah, I, I've always thought he was the best. And it's just like, after so many years, I kind of gave up on it. And I was like, ah, whatever. You know, that was in the past or whatever. And then it's like, no, he could have been good for 10 years. Like, he could have been so valuable to pro wrestling. And he just wasn't. What a waste. Yeah, the pro wrestling industry wasted two decades of this man. He's just, he's awesome. You know, so he presents Cage with the fuck the world title. And look, you know, I think this is just such perfect usage of that title. I would never have expected them to just dig this out of the archives 23 years later or 22 years later, whatever it was from the last time we saw it. And if you understand what the FTW title is... Yeah, do you, do you want to do a little history lesson? Because I saw a lot of people that I don't think know anything about the FTW title. So well, I know ex- because, again, he talked me into the building. And that's... I like. I think, honestly, one of the first promos I ever remember seeing on ECW was Taz explaining the FTW title. And I was all in. Well, I mean, he explained it on the show, too. And people are still like, what's going on? It's like, look, Taz is... The essence of Taz is he constantly has a chip on his shoulder. 
And there's nobody in wrestling who cuts a better chip-on-his-shoulder promo than fucking Taz, maybe ever. I mean, that's he's a Pantheon-level promo, okay? And it's like the FTW title, it, like, it fits into that whole persona. It's like, I'm overlooked. I get screwed. No, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm getting screwed. So fuck it. I'm creating my own title. Right, right. The, the the impetus of it was Shane Douglas kept being hurt and kept ducking him. So he said, "Fuck yes. you. I'm going to make my own title then, and it's going to be the most respected yeah. title in this company because you won't let me have your title. You won't let because you know I'm going to beat your ass for that title, and you're scared. So I'm going to make my own title. And I'm going to make it the biggest title in the company. Right. And ECW never sanctioned it. That was the storyline, and he just. He would just defend it himself, you know, and, and he was out to prove, look, I don't need ECW. I don't need fucking Shane Douglas who's ducking me and running scared for me. Everybody knows I'm the real champion, so now I have a title to represent that. And oh, by the way, it's called Fuck the World because fuck all of you. I don't need anybody. And that's just the essence of Taz. And it fits so perfectly into this storyline because the whole idea is they're saying Mox is ducking Cage. And he's lying about the covid and he's lying about his wife having the COVID, and they're they're skeptical, and and uh, he's just afraid to face Cage. That's the heat. That's the heat. The heat here is you're supposed to be annoyed that these two guys are putting down your hero, the guy who everybody knows isn't ducking anybody. The whole essence of Mox's character is he would never duck anyone. Right, right, yeah, and 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 the, the heat is Taz and Cage saying, ah, I don't even know if he's really got it, you know, oh, he's right. worried about his wife at home or whatever. That's the heat. You should be annoyed by that. I feel like people people don't know. Like, do, do people not know what pro wrestling is anymore? Yeah, that's the heat. So they're heels. You hate them. Boo. Like, you know, and I heard Meltzer going on. Oh, the last thing this company needs is another title, but it's not. It's, it's not it's, a title. It's a figure. It's it's just a, a prop. It, in a, in a company where titles do mean something, it's a prop, and that's fine. It's it's not it's it's not a sanctioned thing. Taz even said no organization has ever sanctioned this, and none ever will. I mean, he understand like that's the whole point. Like the whole point is that's the heat that these guys are so fucking full of themselves that they think they could just crown he could just crown this guy a champion. That's the heat. It's not a new title in AEW. Maybe Cage will defend it. I don't know where they're going with it. And maybe, you know, uh, seen theories with Darby. Maybe Darby will get in the mix somehow and end up with the title. But it's never going to be like an official AEW title. It's going to be the same. It's going to be used the same way it was used in ECW. If they even choose to use it that way at all. Because we don't know where any of this is going. But it's a perfect throwback to the entire reason Taz created the thing to begin with. You know? Except this time, you know, Taz was a a baby face then this time he's using it for heel heat the first time around it was like you're supposed to rally around taz yeah he is getting screwed he is the real champion this time it's supposed to be come on man mox isn't ducking this guy this is bullshit this is supposed to be the heat so this was great and the promo was great and this was a great surprise and um you know according to mike johnson he has the trademark on it and has for years so wwe can't even step in here which is which is great. So he's just had this thing in his fucking attic for the last twenty two years, you know. And 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 this is just the perfect way to to fucking reintroduce it and use it. And I don't know how the match with Mox is going to go next week. I'm thinking maybe it's controversial in some minor way, which will allow Taz to continue having a chip on his shoulder and a gripe and a reason to continue to call Cage the real champion, right? So maybe there'll be a uh, a pinfall behind the ref's back, or maybe Mox will put Cage in a submission, and Cage will pass out instead of tapping. 
So then Taz can come on TV the next week and say, he never tapped. He never tapped. He's the real, you know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a million different ways you can go with it. But it's just, it fits the Taz chip on his shoulder personality perfectly. And it's, and now look, if they go in a shitty direction with it, I'll come on here and bury it. But with Taz and Tony Khan being a, you know, an ECW head, I feel like he understands what it's supposed to be. And I'm confident that they'll handle this well. But we'll see. I guess we'll have to see how the execution is. So this is, uh, this is the uh, the first uh, FTW champion since uh, March 21st, 1999, when the title got unified. When uh, Taz beat Sabu to unify the two titles. So only uh, only two previous champions before KH. Taz, uh, who introduced it. Sabu, who beat him for it. And then Taz, who uh, beat him again for it. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's just Taz's own, yeah, you know, right. fuck you. It, <laughs> it's Taz's middle finger to the authority. That you know, and 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 to people who feel, people who he feels is wronging him. You know, so um, I don't know. This had me all pumped up, and Taz has just been fucking phenomenal. I mean, he's just so great. Um, AEW. Oh, and I just wanted to talk about like it's like this is another example of AEW where they catch a bad break and they turn it into a positive. They've done this so many times in their short history where someone will get hurt or Chris Jericho leaves the fucking title belt in a fucking Outback Steakhouse or whatever the fuck. Or it was Longhorn Steakhouse, wasn't it? I guess it was – I don't know which – I forget if it was Outback or Longhorn, but yeah, it was some chain steak, but I don't, I don't remember, yeah. And they end up turning that you know, uh, into into money or the, 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 the little bit of the bubble. It turned it turn that into money or they, they catch a bad break and they, they make the mo- – this is another example of that. It's like – they lose their main event for Fighter Fest, right? And now there's more heat on the match. Than yeah, I'm more ever excited. Was. I'm kind of glad now we can wait another week for it because we got some new heat on it and stuff. Yeah, I'm excited. Like it added, honestly would have felt just kind of lumped into this show in a lot of ways. Like this show already had a lot going for it, and now I'm excited for next week. Now I have something else to look forward to for next week. So that's kind of a cool way that they did that. It's such a hotter match now that Mox has been in quarantine. It's like Mox going into quarantine was like the worst news they could have gotten, but they've spun it and managed to turn it into a positive. And now the match has more heat on it than it ever had, had Mox, you know, not been in quarantine and been on the show every week. So, yeah, that's just one thing about AEW. They always, whenever they get a bad break, they always find a way to make it work. And I think that's such an important trait and an important thing. To where you get in the room and you don't get depressed. You're like, well, how do we spin this into a positive? This bad break that we're getting here. And they seem to always do a tremendous job at that. So uh, we had FTR in the Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers and uh, Butcher in the Blade. This was the eight-man tag. And uh, I don't know. You know, what can I say? This was exactly what it should have been. It was a fucking spectacle. And to me, it was easily the best match on either show. What did you think? Oh, yeah. No, dude, this was fucking great. Yeah, just just all action, crazy action, crazy spots. I thought every single person in this match played their role perfect and, and, and did something important. Like Wardlow with his few big spots that he did. MJF, who, who again, like I know you're on the TV reviews, bang this drum, and I'm with you as well. The people that don't get MJF or think MJF sucks, you're just fucking lost. You just don't understand wrestling. I'm sorry. Uh, Butcher Blade, I thought were both really good, and the Bucks and, and FTR were, were awesome too. And I love the interplay between those two teams as well, where they did little stuff here and there where it's like, oh, we kind of get along. Hey, we're not a bad little unit here, but like, nah, we can't really like you know go all the way with that. You know that that's obviously a, a you know powder keg that's going to burst uh, a, a, at some point. But no, I thought. Um, Really good action from all these guys. Just fucking great match. 
How great did Phoenix look in this match? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, and I mean the Bucks. I mean, you, you know, you forget how great they are because they don't wrestle all that often anymore, which is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, Notebook. I went four stars on this. This has to go in the Notebook. How can this not go in the Notebook? I mean, it's a great match. I saw people going as high as like four and three quarters. I think that's a little crazy, but um, you know, this this was a, a great spot fest. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and 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 like I, I think it, it it goes without saying that like I think Phoenix. And we've said this before, but like I, I like Pentagon Jr. I think he's fine, but I think honestly the, the the association and the forced nature of it being Pentagon and Phoenix to me maybe hurts a little bit more because I really do f- feel that Phoenix, if you really wanted to, could it be a single star in this company? Whether not world champion or whatever, but like he, I think as a singles can go a lot farther than Pentagon Jr. And it always disappoints me when I see stuff like this. And I'm like, man, like the potential that guy has, and there's a time for it to happen, but I just hope that his career doesn't end with him just being like one half of the Lucha brothers. You know what I mean? Like that. I, I think he's so much better than that. You know, Pentagon always gets over on his own too. Always, no matter where he goes. And I know that like, we have some Pentagon fatigue, you know? Um, but there's potential for both of those guys to split off. And don't forget, they're involved with with Pac, and when he comes back, you know they've got to do whatever they're gonna. They got planned on doing with that. I mean, that was a great unit that formed there right before COVID struck with those three guys. So I think that they probably are smart enough to have some long term plans for not just Phoenix, but for probably for Pentagon too, at some point. But next week we're gonna get uh, Lucha Brothers versus FTR, and here's what I want to see: I want to see FTR have their style of match. Against the Luch- they, I want to see them. The, I want the story of the match to be FTR having their way with the Lucha Brothers, grounding them and forcing mm-hmm. them to have their style of match. I want that to be the story of the match because FTR talked all this shit coming into AEW and how they're real tag team wrestlers and this and that. And I thought that was going to be kind of their gimmick. Yeah, we use the tag ropes, we do this sort of stuff. But is that is that I guess just the heat that they're lying about it, or yeah, I don't know. They have come out and just worked the AEW house style every time out. Every time out, they have just come out and worked the house style. Make it your gimmick that you're, and these are the perfect opponents to do it against, you know. And I think they should beat the Lucha Brothers, and they will because the Lucha Brothers won this week. So I think you know FTR will win because FTR is not going to lose until sure. they face the oh, box. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So they're going to beat Lucha Brothers next week. So if if you're doing that, make them impose their will on the Lucha Brothers, and then they can talk all kinds of shit in their promos. See, we told you. We took the great Lucha Brothers, who no one else could beat around here, and we grounded them, and they worked. Oh, you know, we they had our kind of match, and and you know, we imposed our will on them, and we beat. That should be the story. If they go out there and just work the AEW house style again against this team, I'm going to lose faith that you know they're, that, that they're ever going to be what they what they purported that they would be, you know, and you know, and I thought it would have been a really cool story for them to come in and change the house style in the matches that they're involved in. And they have not done that at all. They've just been in a bunch of spot fests every yeah. week. Right, right, right. Uh, I do want to, I, I was mentioning MJF and Wardlow earlier. I was looking at like fighter fest night one notes. That's why I was like, I, I, I got confused. There, yeah, of course. We're talking about MJF. Yeah. I don't, I'm sorry. I was looking, I was looking at my night one notes. I was scrolling on, on Instagram and I just saw MJF and Wardlow and, and yeah, I don't, it's, it's been a long day. So sorry, but that's the hell rich. I still agree. I still agree. Um, Wardlow rules, not JF rules, but yeah, anyway. 
I had a great match last week against the fucking. Yeah, I don't know why I was I was re- I was reading over that match and just started talking about those guys, even though you were asking me about a different match. I so. thought it sounded kind of random, but I thought maybe you were talking about MJF doing something at ringside or something. No, I no, I, he, I I think I saw him for five seconds on the show this week. So, uh, so Big Swole gets banned from the building and then uh, sneaks in to continue to harass Britt Baker. I have no use for any of this. I think it's all dopey. Yeah, it's I don't have a lot to say. Um, the only thing is they're keeping Britt Baker on TV, which I think is important. So from that perspective, yes. But I think this whole storyline has been silly and it's just not for me. Yeah. I, I love that idea. Cause I, I was actually talking about it on the, uh, the in your house series in your house, in your house on the voice wrestling flagship yeah. Patreon, patreon.com slash voice wrestling is that one of the real cool things that, you know, WWF did in 1997, cause they were dealt like a lot of bad breaks. You have the Stone Cold Steve Austin neck break, but they keep him on TV the entire time. And he becomes a bigger star than ever. Doing, you know, not not dissimilar to the, ta- the Taz thing where he's like, hey, I want to wrestle. And they're like, no, nah, you can't wrestle. And he's like, I want to wrestle. And that's that's basically what all he did for six months to say, I want to wrestle. And them saying, no, you can't wrestle. And that was good. Like, it got him through his entire injury period. Well, Bret Hart also has a huge knee injury in 1997. And they still, they wheel him out there. And that's the heat is that here's this guy, this asshole in a wheelchair and a fucking cast and, and crutches or whatever. And then, like, they did that with a lot of guys, like, where they would get hurt. And instead of just taking him off TV all the way, which I think there are certain guys that I would do that for. There's certain guys that I think you should do that for, but a lot of guys I think it just works better to just keep them on TV, keep them in, you know, front and center. And I love the idea of doing that with Britt Baker, where she's just she is you're not gonna lose anything and and, and her character might actually gain depth uh while she's you know out and, and, and whatnot. So yeah, I would continue to use her uh, as often as possible. Oh yeah, you gotta keep her on TV. I mean I have no problem with that. I just think the whole swole thing is very silly. Um we have Nyla Rose in a handicap match against Kenzie Page and Kylie King. This obviously was a squash. Yeah. The big news here is Nyla Rose announces that she's going to have a manager, which seemed to upset a lot of people for some weird reason. What is with people and their anti-manager stance when it comes to uh, AEW? Because I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Yeah, I, I like I. I think it'll depend on who she, you know, who 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 becomes her manager because I think that could play a role. Of course. In, like, if it's like a Vicky Guerrero or somebody like that, I'm not in love with that. I think to me, the way that I'm going to continue to use managers in AEW is the way that they've used them so far, which are old ex wrestlers kind of mentoring young wrestlers. You know what I mean? Like, I think the way that they do that is fine. But once you start getting into manager managers, where Vicky Guerrero is just like, here's a lady that just yells and screams. Like, I don't want that. You, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I, I don't know who they have in mind. I don't know who the, the pick is, but I do. I don't want them to get away from what I think has been a pretty good manager structure right now, which is people that can't talk or people that need a little bit more heat on them, bring an old wrestler, bring a veteran wrestler and, and, and let them sort of, you know, talk them through or, 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 or you know, talk, get, do their promos, do that sort of stuff. So I hope we stay in there, but who knows? Taz should just manage everybody. How about that? Not the worst idea. Not, Honestly, not the worst idea. How about Taz is just everyone's manager? I mean, Taz would get Nyla Rose over uh, like crazy. I mean, he's, he's awesome. But the whole thing, it's like one of the complaints I see is all of their managers are ex-wrestlers. Yeah, that's every manager ever. Right. Like, where have you been? Like, almost every manager ever in the history of wrestling is an old wrestler who can't wrestle anymore. But because they're great talkers, they still have value. And that's the whole point of being a manager. Right. Bobby, Bobby the Brain Heenan wrestled yeah. for decades before he became a manager. But, yeah, his neck and his body couldn't handle it anymore. But they knew that he was valuable assets to pro wrestling. So he became a manager for the next 30 years and became the greatest manager ever. So, 
I mean, you know, Captain Lou Albano, Bobby Heenan, uh, uh, Luscious Johnny V, uh, Sir Oliver Humperdinck, like most of the man, Mr. Fuji, like they're all ex. That's what a manager is. It's an ex. It's a guy who can't wrestle anymore. You know, who, who, you know, Paul Jones, number one, Paul Jones, you know, even the bad managers, even the bad managers are, you know, JJ Dillon. These guys are all former wrestlers. Freddie Blassie, classic Freddie Blassie. Yeah, Freddie Blassie, Gato, uh, you know, you go right down the line. I mean, that's what managers are. They're ex-wrestlers. I mean, yeah, there's some that weren't, you know, Jim Cornette, Jimmy Hart, um, you know, Paul Heyman. So there's some guys who come through strictly as managers. Yeah, yeah, J.J. Dillon, a wrestler in the past. Yeah, People this, might forget that, but, yeah, he was for a while. Yeah, but this idea that it's like, oh, well, why are they all ex-wrestlers? Because that's who managers are. Most of the time, managers are ex-wrestlers, you know? So I, I don't I really don't get it. I'm, I, I embrace the return of the manager. I think it's great. I think it's great. Someone on Twitter brought up a great point. It's too bad that, that, that Taz isn't with Lance Archer because the size dichotomy would work even better. Right? That's not my idea. I stole that from someone on Twitter, but I can't remember who it was. But in hindsight, because Jake Roberts, people don't realize he's like 6'8 himself. Right. He's right? a monster. Yeah, he's so huge. You know, going eye to eye with Undertaker at WrestleMania, which always blows people's minds. <laughs> right, right. Because one man is seven right. foot, and the other man is just Jake the Snake Roberts, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> like, yeah, but they're the same fucking height. Right, exactly. Like, right. So it's like it would have worked better if maybe if Taz. This is my theory. Taz should just manage everybody. Just fucking, you know. But but seriously, like, I don't think Arn Anderson brings a ton to the table. No. Um, I think Jake has been really good. I think Taz has been the best manager in the business. I think Tully hasn't really gotten a chance because he's with a shitty guy, but I like his presence. Um, I think Brandy is fine. I think Brandy's done fine as a manager with the whole nightmare family thing. Um, so I embrace managers. I don't know who she's going to get. A lot of people think it's going to be Vicky Guerrero. I've also heard uh, Awesome Kong thrown around because presumably she's still under their employee and right, has nothing right. to do um, and can't really wrestle anymore. I don't know. Um, I, I, I would hope they're thinking outside the box and it's kind of a surprise, but you know, I, I guess we'll find out. I'm definitely not opposed to it though. Not opposed to it at all. I think it adds another dimension, but if it's someone shitty, you know, yeah, I'm open to it, but yeah, if it's someone shitty, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's shitty. So Cole Cabana has a very big bruise on his body, but Brody Lee tells yeah, I'd him, say, he's, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Brody tells him he has to wrestle anyway. So it's uh studos. Or uh, is he still going by Stu Dose? Or is it Stu Grayson? Stu Grayson, Brody Lee, and Cole. I, I wrote Stu Dose on my notes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, I don't think he's Zima. doing. I don't think he's doing that gimmick anymore. But yeah, I wrote Zima Ion. And <laughs> yeah, I wrote Zima Ion. He hasn't been Zima Ion since like 2013. But yeah, you know, for me, you know, it's it's hard to write and watch at the same time. People think it's easy. Um, so they take on SCU. Yeah, it's a it's a six man match. You know, it's fine. It was a Nothing match. Nothing to write about. Yeah, it's a match. All you need to know here is, once again, Brody Lee does the heavy lifting and then gifts Colt Cabana the pin. And Colt takes it. He's all right with that. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll take the pin. Yeah, you a little know? pay window, a little trip to the pay window. Yeah. He's good with it. <laughs> Big smile on his face after the matches, you know. So um, he's not officially in the dark order, but he's definitely reaping the benefits as Brody Lee continues to court him. Uh, I don't know where this is going. I don't think Colt's going to end up in the dark order. I think Brody's just going to turn on him at some point or something. But um, but who knows? We'll just have to let it play out. Anything to add to this? Not really. Yeah, just just a match, I, a good story match, but not not a match that really like yeah. Really, yeah so it's fine. It was a good match. Fight for the fallen. COVID relief is the gimmick this year. Cody versus Sunny Kiss. FTR versus Lucha Brothers. 
uh, the Jurassic Express versus the Elite. So the Bucks and Kenny Omega getting back together for a six-man match. And, of course, Mox versus Cage. That looks awesome. That looks like a really good lineup. Um, so looking forward to that. That is next week, right? Uh, I believe so, yes, yeah. Next, next week's got a lot of stuff. you got uh, the Fight for the Fallen and then yeah, two pay-per-views, Slammiversary and the Horror Show at Extreme Rules. So, Yeah, so next week we will preview – we will review Fight for the Fallen. We'll preview Slammiversary. We'll preview uh, the horror show at Extreme Rules. So uh, we're not going to talk about the horror show at Extreme Rules this week, but we will preview the horror show at Extreme Rules next week. Indeed. And then Indeed. in two weeks, we're going to review the horror show at Extreme Rules. Right? And potentially our last WWE review ever, but we'll see how it goes. And which one will that be? Uh, the horror show at Extreme Rules. Right. Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. Uh, Orange comes right after him. A toe pay early. And then uh, Jericho eventually takes over, and he's doing some back work. Really worked over Orange Cassidy's back through a couple of commercial breaks, setting up the uh, – the uh, uh, not the Billy Goat's Curse. That's Cabana. What is Jericho <laughs> The Lion Tamer? Uh, lion Tamer. So he's setting up the walls Man, you really are bad at <laughs> move names. What was the other one you said? <laughs> Billy Goat's Curse, Colt Cabana. He's, oh, my God. You're going to remember. You, so instead of the Lion Tamer or the Boston Crab or, no. you know, the, the, you're going with. Billy Goat's Curse. Billy it's Goat's the Curse. that popped in my head. It's not even the same move, by the way. But, right. Um, yeah, the Billy Goat's Curse is a reverse Boston Crab, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Walls of Jericho, right? Yeah, Walls of Jericho. Jer- uh, yeah. Lion Tamer, same shit. <laughs> So he said of all the names not to remember, the, that move. Well, anyway, go ahead, go ahead. I just, what do you want? You're, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Go ahead. I'm bad with moves. Everybody knows this. Um, it threw me off. Oh, so he's going with the back work, and then obviously, you know, Orange Cassidy eventually makes a comeback. Uh, uh, Jericho does manage to get the walls. I Look, I wrote walls of Jericho down on the notes. Gets him in the walls, but uh, Orange Cassidy reverses with an inside cradle, nearly gets the pin. Uh, there's a kick out there. Uh, they throw orange juice in Orange Cassidy's face. Proud and powerful does as the inner circles on the outside. Best friends come down. That's a wild brawl. Jericho gets the bat, which you can't call Floyd anymore for obvious reasons. Talk about a bad break there. So they quickly got away from calling that bat Floyd after the George Floyd stuff went down. So, um, you know, look, that's not their fault, though. I mean, he was calling that bat Floyd for, for weeks, right. wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I never actually made that connection. But, yeah, that, you got you to gotta, you gotta put that one on the shelf for uh... – ever yeah <laughs> yeah no it's it, it's hard yeah just you can't so um uh, now they just call it the bat so which is understandable so um he gets the bat and then he uh hits the code breaker and you think that's going to be the finish at least i did but that was a near fall which is then a really missed. cool thing i just want to make a note here not to not to interrupt you but awesome yeah. on jericho for i mean that's a dude now who has established three moves in this company that he can finish you off with every single time the, you know the walls of jericho lion tamer whatever the Codebreaker, and the Judas Effect. Anytime when those moves are hit, that can finish a match. And I love that he's really, without making it obvious that he was doing that, he's kind of established that over the few years where now he has three legit finishing moves that can end a match at any time. And I, 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 We talked about it last week. I love guys that do that, and I love that Jericho did it. Not necessarily, you know, Okada's kind of forcing it, hey, I'm doing this new move during this tournament to establish it, whereas Jericho just, like, kind of subtly did it to the point where we now we all notice, like, oh, wait a minute, that dude can, he can finish you off with three different moves. That's awesome. Cool. Good for him. He's a great pro wrestler. Yeah. Chris Jericho. Breaking news. Great Chris Jericho. Good pro wrestler. And really, all the top guys in this company do that now. 
you know, Cody has established like three or four different moves and Moxley, even he's got the, you know, the chokehold, he's got the DDT, uh, neither of which he calls either of those paradigm shift is the DDT rich. What's he called the choke? I forget. Doesn't oh, matter. Jesus. <laughs> um, so the bat and the code breaker is not the finish. He then misses Alliance salt. Uh, Orange Cassidy hits a Mishinoku driver for his big near fall. And then uh, he hits the stunt dog millionaire, which totally confused JR. Not really the best time for JR to like laugh at the name of a move down the stretch of the main event of the show, but uh, it is what it is, I guess. And then uh, he got a near fall there before Jericho hit the Judas effect out of nowhere and wins it relatively clean because he didn't win it during the shenanigans portion of the match. And, you know, Cassidy nearly won it after that at one point. So, again, I can't call this a great match. I thought it was a very good match, a little bit better than the NXT main event. I'd probably go three and a half, three and three quarters, something like that. But very enjoyable nonetheless. What did you think? I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was really, really good. I, I think not my favorite Orange Cassidy match ever. I think the one versus Pac is is, is probably still uh, better. But I thought really, really good stuff here uh, from Orange Cassidy. I love that. Like, he was – I don't want to say no nonsense. There was a little bit of nonsense. But what, what was cool about this is he, he, the, he used the nonsense to – do something real and, 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 and kind of lulled Chris Jericho into his, you know, into his match. And then like the, the, the one that I remember vividly, and there was a few times that it happened, but the, the one that really stood out to me was, you know, the, the kicks to the shin and Jericho's like, okay, yeah, you're going to do the fake super kick. And then he just fucking super kicks him. You know what I mean? Like, and I love that. That's a great way to establish a guy who, who does joke around and does do comedy wrestling a little bit, but when it means something, when it needs to get serious, when you need to get down and dirty, he did it. His hands were in his pockets for like, a minute until he did the tope and then the hands were out of the pocket right away. He was a guy who was all business right off the bat. And, and, and I love that. I love when you can do little nods to the old character, lull a guy in with your old character, but then it was all business from orange Cassie. And that was cool. I did not want this to be a comedy match. I didn't want this to be a goofy, funny match or whatever. Instead it was all business. And I thought Jericho was masterful in it. I thought Cassie, this is my favorite Cassie match uh, next to the Pac match. As I said, this is the second favorite he's ever done. But uh, and no, and two different matches too, because the Pac one he was doing the comedy, and that was kind of the heat. Is like you know Pac sort of not understanding, kind of falling into the trap or whatever. And in this case, Jericho fell into the trap, but he fell in the trap of, of of Cassidy joking around and then hitting him with a big move, or, or, or you know kind of lulling him in and then hitting him with a big move. So I thought the work in this was was really really good, and and I, I really liked it. I, I like I think I'm may, I might be the high man on this man. I, I was right at four stars with this one as well. I thought he was taunting Jericho because Jericho was kind of dead on his feet at that point and Jericho had talked all that shit about you're not going to pull that crap with me right right so so he knew he could do it at that moment and fuck around with the shin kicks and then of course he blasted him with the super kick but yeah this was Orange Cassidy all business and he established that right at the start where he went right at him with the tope and everything so different match than the Pac match where he was using his shtick and Pac just wasn't buying it and Pac was basically you know mushing him in the face and and, uh, you know, he's trying to do the shtick to get under Pac's skin. So you're right. Two different kind of matches. I preferred the Pac match, I think, to this one. But they were both very good. Um, both very good. Um, you know, it's like I said. I, I This Orange Cassidy does not make my skin crawl the way that his indie work did. Because it's different. It's not. It's, it's, it's not. And I understand why he did it the way he did on the indies, because that's what the people are paying for. People are going there to drink beer, have a good time, and see their meme wrestlers. I understand it, you know, and I don't knock him for it. And it got him this job. He was the most over-indie wrestler in the country, bar none, without question, for about a one-year period there. And it got him this gig. 
and he's now a full-time Major League Pro Wrestler, and good for him. And they've adjusted, they've made the right adjustments to it. Uh, so, yeah, I yeah, I agree with everything you said. It's just you like the match a little better than I did. Um, let's do these ratings real quick, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, uh, just what the fuck is going on in WWE before we re- preview the New Japan shows and close out the show. So... 715,000 viewers for Dynamite, a .28 in the demo. 759,000 viewers and a .20. NXT wins. NXT. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please, don't me please don't get me started. Please don't get me started. Another so ratings win for NXT. Two weeks in a row, baby. Yeah. So this has kind of been the pattern the last few weeks where NXT has more total viewers by, uh, well, one week was a wide margin, but generally a slim margin. But AEW has a wide gap. Well, the last two weeks, a wide gap in the demo. Uh, th- two weeks ago was very close. Um, but the last two weeks has been a wide gap. In fact, the, the .08 gap in the demo this week was the, has, is the widest demo gap between the two shows since Jericho Tyson had their uh, you know, confrontation four or five weeks ago or whatever it was. So uh, they've increased uh, the gap in the demo. It's a, it's a pretty sizable gap. But NXT continues to win in total viewers. Now, I have a couple of takes on that, and then I'll, I'll see what you think. Um, AEW, once again, just like last week, swept all of the demos with the exception of 50+. Plus, and that's been the case the last two weeks. After three weeks ago, NXT stole a couple of those demos. Okay, When they came uh, very close to, uh, to beating AEW in the... In the uh, 18 to 49, that week it was 0.22 to 0.19. And that's the closest that they've ever come except for the one week that they won. But the last two weeks, AEW has reclaimed all the demos with the exception of the over 50s. So, um, you know, they're back with a healthy lead here over NXT in the demo. And I think NXT gives more away. NXT has really been emptying the holster in terms of of what they're giving away on television. When you're talking about Sasha Banks, Io Shirai, that could be a big-time pay-per-view match. Uh, You're talking about Keith Lee, Adam Cole, which is obviously a unification match, no less, which obviously is a takeover main event. Uh, They've done, you know, takeovers on TV, uh, essentially, in the past. And NXT is really emptying the holster here, attempting to cut into these gaps. And it's worked, because they've increased their total viewers, and they even proved their demo number two. Rich, it wasn't that long ago where NXT was doing in the teens in the demo. They were doing .16s and .17s. And I was like, you know, they were finishing out of the top 50. So this strategy of giving, a, giving away a ton on TV has undoubtedly worked for NXT. It hasn't been enough to overtake AEW in the demo. But, you know, it, you know they came real close a few weeks ago. And it has helped them you know, regain uh, some of that demo back and add to their total viewers. So a question I want to pose to you. Is this something they should try on Raw and SmackDown? And hear me out. There's no pay-per-views. The network is a disaster. And they can't, they can't increase network buys no matter what they do. Why not just give away all their best shit on Raw and SmackDown and, and, and use that to fix their ratings problem? Would you be opposed to that? It seems to be working to some extent, at least on NXT. It, it does, but is it? What's the long term of that? 
And I think that's always the worry that I have with doing that stuff. That that's kind of the Nitro idea when Nitro first came and said, you know what, WWE or WWF, you know, on, on Raw, they're just showing generic ass bullshit matches and squash matches and stuff. Fuck it, we'll put main events on on TV every single week, and that was fine. Like it helped them obviously a lot. They their ratings exploded. People started watching. You were given big time matches on Mondays. You were given big time matches all over the place, and it, it worked. The problem was, like, they had trouble selling pay-per-views after a while because people were like, well, no, I'm just going to wait for Nitro to get, you know, that match. Or I'm just going to wait till Nitro to get. So that's my one concern is that if you do that, with that being said, obviously the, the, the landscape is completely different now. TV drives all the revenue, and that's why the rating stuff matters. When, when people complain or roll eyes and, oh, they're talking about ratings again. Who gives a shit about ratings? It's like, dude, look at the fucking revenue these companies bring in. Like, it is all TV. TV is the driver of everything that these TV that these companies do now. So, with that being said, now that you have sort of switched things up a bit, I understand what you're saying there. Is it like, is it worth it to do that? Where Raw and SmackDown just become fucking super shows? But how long can you do that? How sustainable is that? You know, you can do that for a few weeks, but I don't think that can be like the new idea now. Is okay, well, we just have mega shows every single week uh, on Raw and SmackDown. I think you can build to those. I think you can work like once a month or whatever in, in, in lieu of a pay-per-view you can do that. I just don't know how sustainable it is to do it because eventually people are just going to become numb to it and it's not going to be special anymore. And that's my concern and that's my worry. So it's not the worst idea and I think maybe they should look into having more big-time matches on Raw and SmackDown. But I don't know that you can do what they've done in NXT, which is really just like you said, empty the holster on NXT. They, every give, every, they, give, they give everything away on they NXT. They can't do that. Like, I, I don't think that they could do that. I don't think Vince would do that either. I think he understands the power uh, of keeping some things back. Whereas, yeah, NXT is just fucking unloading everything they have. I mean, and, and, and these, these, some of these websites and these reporters just totally miss the big picture every week. I mean, how is the story this week? How the fuck is the story this week not uh, um, NXT giving away Lee versus Cole and and dropping slightly? How yeah, they, is that not headline? They main evented with a guy with a 400-plus day reign as NXT champion losing that title to a guy on the rise in a champion versus champion match. Rich, they lost 40,000 viewers and, <laughs> right. and dropped and dropped in the demo. Giving, giving away the biggest match they had possible. There's no other match bigger than that that they have. But what is every headline? NXT wins for the third week in a row. It's like, if you are in the wrestling media, and we know the wrestling media is complete dog yeah, shit. it's fucking filled, garbage, yeah. Filled, filled with absolute amateurs. Amateurs. That's not everybody. 90, By the way, there are some. Yeah, you're going to say the, the number here, but 90% of them suck. The 10% are really, really good, but yeah. Are Sorry. amateurs. And you know who exposes themselves as the amateurs? People who write headlines that say NXT wins for the third week in a row, thinking that NXT winning total viewers by the margin of error is the story. When the story is they give away all of their biggest matches and they drop this week, giving away Lee versus Cole. Right. Well, it, and, and it's a byproduct, uh, unfortunately, of the Monday Night Wars because that's the thing that we always get when we talk about, hey, the, the, the total viewers don't matter. The demo matters. The demo is what, what drives everything. The demo, you know, Tony Khan can scream about how the demo matters and, and, and tweet about it or whatever. But the thing we always get back in our replies are, well, like in the Monday Night Wars, it was just about total viewers. Yeah. Well, maybe the Monday Night Wars wasn't right. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe, well, maybe well, perhaps not- Eric Bischoff didn't like was just bragging about something that probably didn't matter much. Also, it was fucking thirty years ago it's a different landscape now than it was then it was 22 years ago things changed in 2042 (laughs) things are going to be different than they are today 
Okay. But isn't that the number one answer we get? Well, in the Monday Night Wars, it was just about total viewers. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'm not and calling any one or two people out. I mean, we had, like, literally 25 te- uh, you know, messages and replies saying, well, like, I don't understand. Well, in the Monday Night Wars, and in the Monday Night Wars, and I got to lose the Monday Night Wars. Forget about the Monday Night Wars. That was also didn't matter ago. either. They, the, the other thing, too, the fallacy of the Monday Night Wars as well is Eric Bischoff used that to puff his chest about the Monday Night Wars. And I won 83 weeks or whatever. But ultimately, it didn't mean fucking shit. His company was out of business in three years. And they were wi- they were making money, but he was so obsessed with winning a worthless ratings war that he sunk the company into fucking debt, you know, for, for in 99 and 2000 to the point where they couldn't get out of it and they were done in a little while. So it's like, maybe let's not just look at the Monday Night Wars and go, well, in the Monday Night like, maybe that wasn't the best business move, <laughs> you know what I mean, instead of worrying about total viewers. Like, right now, in 2020, the landscape the way it is, the way that people are being paid, both AEW and WWE, it is about what you can do in the key demos and what those networks are going to pay for you to do in those key demos. That's it. Both of these companies' survival is completely dependent on the television revenue. They don't want a bunch of old and, assholes watching these shows. And, they don't and, care. And, <laughs> and the television revenue is derived by doing well in the 18 to 49 demo. Period. It isn't like it was to... Picture the year 2042. In your mind. Can you even fathom what the world is going to look like in 2042? I really don't we want are, to. I really don't want to. My, my, point, my point here is we are as far removed from 2042 as we are from 1998. And yet people will tell you that, you know, in the you know in 1998 it mattered. Well, it doesn't, that's fucking ancient fucking history, what happened in 1998. Things change. And, and if the television... If television advertisers all of a sudden decided that total viewers is what mattered, we'd focus on total viewers because that's what they would then chase. That's what would drive the cart, right? If television advertisers suddenly decided that people over 50 are what mattered, right? that's what everyone would chase, and that's what we would focus the, the on. The funny thing is like people think that it's like an us or like a certain yeah. people in wrestling thing. Like the sports the, – the, the, the people that tweet out these charts, what's it sorted by, Joe? 18 to 40. <laughs> That's the other thing, too, where people are arguing about this. And I'm like, it's sorted by 18 to 49. It's clearly what's important. <laughs> the only reason that the good wrestling media focuses on the 18 to 49 without completely disregarding the total viewers, but it's clearly secondary. But the reason we all focus on 18 to 49, the people who know what the fuck they're talking about, and the people who have a clue, and the people who know what they're doing. And the people who are not doing their listeners or their readers a disservice by focusing on the meaningless bullshit. The reason we focus on the 1849 is because that's what matters in the television industry. And I don't, I don't care. It doesn't really matter. To, like if, if, if tomorrow we all decided it was 25 to 54 that mattered, which for some networks it does, we'd focus on that. I'm just following the money because it's my responsibility to my listeners to, to do so. Because that's what matters. And these television deals are what carry these companies. And they're not based on total viewers. MTV's The Challenge is number one every week. They did a .53 this week. Big fat .53. They're at the top of the chart every week. And they did less total viewers than 36 other shows in the top 50. Get it through your heads. The total viewers do not fucking matter. They don't matter. 36 of the top 50 were ahead of the challenge this week. And probably some shows out of the top 50. The challenge didn't even do a million viewers. 
that .53 is all that matters. That's why they're listed in that order. And I, and I know our listeners are smart, and I'm screaming at the wrong people. But if there's even one or two of our listeners that don't understand this, I want to teach them. I want to teach them that they're hearing the proper analysis from people like us and not any of these other hokey sites that don't know what they're doing and don't know what they're talking about and are focusing on the wrong things. And maybe you get more clicks on your bullshit fucking site by saying NXT wins for the third week in a row, but I'm not chasing clicks. I'm trying to do a good quality show and tell people what's up with quality analysis coming from the right place. There is not a television station anywhere on cable that wouldn't take AEW's numbers the last two weeks over NXT's numbers. But keep saying that NXT wins. It's, it's ignorant, and it exposes that you don't have a clue. Rich, would you rather have the 759? Or would you rather have the point two eight? Yeah, point two eight for sure. Yeah, I, I, instead of forty thousand extra people watching my show, but they're all seventy years old and about to die. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Sasha Banks, Io Shirai last week did three hundred thousand more viewers in quarter eight than than AEW did, but they lost in the demo. Very slim, only by seven thousand viewers, which is nothing, and margin of error, and all that. Mm-hmm. So let's call let's call it a wash. Is that fair? Yeah. Oh, of let's course. Call the demo a wash. And the, and and Banks Shirai won by three hundred thousand viewers. Rich, they were all over fifty because they weren't eighteen to forty nine. Because eighteen to forty nine was a dead heat, and we know they weren't two to seventeen because we look at we can look see the demo numbers. There was very few children. It was all over 50, and it was mostly men. Here's something else that none of those shitbag sites will tell you. Women viewers were down on NXT last week. But what are they? Everyone says, oh, all the, all the young women. Flock they're Russian. always wrong, and they're always wrong. I always, I always point that when everybody says, oh, young women are so inspired by Sasha. Well, yeah, they don't watch the fucking TV show. It's just what well, the listen, they, they might be. six-year-old men, but they're not watching they, the show, they, yeah. But last week, it was old men. And, and that match drew. I mean, obviously, the Sasha Eo match was a draw. Yeah. The difference was was men over 50. It was a dead heat in the 18 to 49. NXT was down overall in all of the female demos from the week before. I mean, get a clue. Get a clue. And stop supporting these, these, these shitbag fucking clueless... Idiots who don't know what they're talking about and tell you the wrong. They focus on the wrong things because they don't know what they're talking about. I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't think AEW was happy with the results the last two weeks, you're nuts. Oh, shit. Tony Khan tweeted it out. He tweeted it out today that he was happy with it. They're popping champagne. He literally is talking about popping champagne. Now, three weeks ago, three weeks ago, when they barely won .22 to .19, and lost in the total viewers by 50,000. They felt like that was a loss. Because we talked to people inside the company. It was like a fucking... That was like a wake. That was like going to a funeral. Talking to people in the company that week. And they still won! And they still won the demo that week. But it was so close that they felt like they lost. I mean, shit. You know, do the work. 
understand what you're talking about when you talk about nah, these it's things. Too much work. You got to embed a tweet, and you got to listen to what Dave said this morning on Observer Radio, and then embed a tweet. They're, you know, I got better stuff to do. So Dave does the work. Dave understands this stuff. He gets into the granular details of, and all the quarter hours and the, and, the, and the demos. But people will still ignore it and they talk about the wrong things. You know? And it's, it, it, it's crazy because I, I, it, it fe- this misinformation, like focusing on this wrong, that's where all, you know, and then people don't understand how any of this works. You know? And it, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know why I get so, why do I get so fired? I don't know why. Well, I'm it's angry. just, it's, it's, it's like willful ignorance that people have. It's just like they choose not to follow what the information is. And it's like, you know, and, and you're, you're, you're fighting this uphill battle trying to explain to people, and, oh, you just, you're just wanting AEW to succeed. You're like, no, I'm just reading numbers to you. I'm reading I'm just, facts. I'm, I'm just reading facts. Right? I'm just telling you what the TV industry cares about, and then I'm reading you facts. That's all I'm doing. And Brian Alvarez is no better tweeting out total viewers every week. With yeah, no he, demo he, he perpetuates it for sure. He has no better. Why is he doing that? He should know better. I think Supper Vivi buried him today. I was listening to Observer Live, and he was like, <laughs> he buried him because he goes, well, I'm not just going to tweet the, the total viewers. And Sep's one of the good ones. We like, we like my Supper Vivi over here. But, yeah, he was like, well, I'm not going to just do the viewers like Alvarez does because that doesn't tell you anything. And then he went over all the demo numbers. It tells you nothing. Yeah, the post-wrestling it guys always nothing. do a great job of talking about the demo numbers. Dave always yeah, talks about the demo numbers. Yeah. Sean Ross Sapp always talks about the demo These are the people to listen to. Ditch the fucking other ones. <laughs> like, uh. I don't know, but that's, you know, that's the ratings. And I really think NXT climbing out of the doldrums of doing in the teens and the de- it's because they're giving away all their best matches. It just makes me think, look, if you're not getting network subscriptions anyway, and just cause then why are you saving everything for the network when it's what's killing you are your television ratings on Raw, Raw and SmackDown breaking new records every week. Yeah. Then, and if that's where the revenue is that's keeping you alive, then why aren't you driving all of your best stuff to where the revenue is? I mean, you got rid of pay-per-view already, and the network clearly has never met expectations. I really don't think the network would go could sink much further if you gave away your best matches on Raw and SmackDown because – it's not drawing any network buys. Right, right, right. We're not seeing any movement. It's not like people are. And, and But that might be, it's possible that that's like a chicken and egg or a self-fulfilling prophecy thing too, that they don't have any good matches that are driving people to those pay-per-views. You know what, Rich? Maybe. But when I'm doing 1.6 million viewers on Monday nights and Wednesdays are about to pass Mondays in total viewers and in the demo. Yeah, it's coming soon. That's, that's coming very, very soon, by the way. That's a crisis. And doing the same shit over and over obviously isn't working, Right. And I feel like have you tried paper- the big show though? <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. Like, what I, about big show? I feel like their their pay per view strategy is different now. Anyway, it's it's doing things that are bizarre. Uh, uh, you know the the uh, boneyard match, or you know the Bray Wyatt stuff, or the Money in the Bank, or um, uh, you know the Swamp match that they're having at. Uh, um, uh, the, uh, the, the fun house, ma- yeah. So it's, it's the, the Wyatt Swamp fight. It's a fight. Yeah, the Wyatt Swamp fight. The greatest match ever between Edge and Randy Orton. Their new strategy seems to be a match where the participants have to gouge each other's eyes out. Okay, that seems to be the strategy now for the network. Give people things that seem unbelievable, right? 
so it's like if that's going to be the network strategy for the pay-per-views, then seriously, if I'm in the room, I am considering doing all of my best, seeing what's happening with NXT and transferring that strategy to Raw and SmackDown because it is crisis time. And I'm not even sure it would work because here's then the problem. What are the matches? Right, that's what I said. Cards. Like, what, 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 what's the big match that they're not giving us that's going to drive TV ratings? Because they, they have no fucking stars. And we went over that a few weeks ago when we were trying to figure out, okay, well, this guy, like, honestly, what, what's, what's, what's the match that I say, Joe, this is the match. Tell all your friends everyone's going to watch it this week. You can't, you can't yeah. make it. They don't have them, which is why they're doing all this yeah. over-the-top gimmicky stuff on pay-per-view. Because the whole idea with the eye for an eye match is, well, people, curiosity, get people to talk about it and see if people will, well, how are they going to get around this? Or how are they going to, same thing with the greatest match ever. Well, get people talking and see if, you know, that's what all these, and that's why more of this is coming. Because they don't have stars to put together money drawing matches because they've, they don't know how to make stars anymore. So anyway, that's just a theory I wanted to pitch to you and see what you thought, because I don't know. In the line of work I'm in, when business is going in the shitter, I got to come up with new ideas. I can't keep saying, ah, oh, let's just keep doing the same old shit. Yeah, but what about the big show, though? You're not thinking about the big show. Like, it's, it's, it's wild. Yeah, and, and that's, that's, you know, quickly we'll do the WWE thing, because I, I do want to do the New Japan thing, and I want to beat this dead horse, but WWE, uh, for bed. Oh, we're going to have like 10 minutes to do New Japan, god damn it. But, uh, we got like 15 minutes, and we're only doing a preview, so it's not yeah, like... Yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Um... I just I, like I don't even know what this company is anymore. Like you said, like when you were saying that they have they they can't do money drawing matches, they can't do big time matches, they can't draw pay per view, they can't draw viewers. They're gonna do more of the silly shit. They're gonna do eye for an eye matches and Wyatt swap fights and stuff. And it's becoming more and more like I don't understand. I and 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 this isn't me. Th- I don't mean this to be like kind of a joking segment. I mean like honestly, I'm seriously asking this question. Like, how do we cover or talk about this company moving forward? Like we've kind of jokingly been like, ah, it doesn't matter what they do. They they just throw a, a they flip a coin and they just book like. But I honestly have no idea how to talk about this company anymore. How do we I preview think, an eye for an eye match on this show? I think we just keep watching it, and if it's bad, we keep saying it's bad. I mean, I, I can't I can't fabricate positive positivity, and I can't sugarcoat things, and I can't feign enjoyment. This is the least I've enjoyed WWE ever in my life. I, I, you know, and think of the ground that covers. And it's not like, you know, maybe new listeners think we're always negative on them. But what about 2014 when we said it was the best pay-per-view year they ever had? Every week, every month we'd come on here after a pay-per-view and say, oh, another great pay-per-view. I don't know if it was 2015. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was 15. So uh, the years I remember is 2013 was the year where their TV was great. And we said that entire year, holy shit, this isn't going to last. But as long as this is lasting, this is great. Every single week was like great matches on, on TV. And then 2015 was the, you know, Owens and and I think, I don't know if Styles was there yet. But like, you know, Indy Cena doing his shit. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on in 2015 too. And we were like, this is great. Like, the you know, the TV stinks. But God, these pay-per-views are great. And we said, I don't know how long it's going to last. But as long as it does, we're going to enjoy it. But that, we're, we're, we're very far away away from that now. Yeah, and it's just this is the least enjoyable it's ever been. I mean, it's just terrible. I mean, I watch these raws and they're just they're downright atrocious. Well, it's I mean, and, and atrocious. that's and that's kind of why I'm asking this question is like I don't know what they are any. They're not wrestling anymore. 
No, and, not and this right show, now. we cover wrestling on the show. We cover wrestling promotions. We talk about wrestling. We talk about wrestling booking, wrestling business, all that sort of stuff. I don't know if that they are this anymore. And I know the, oh, we're sports entertainment, pal. Like, you know, that sort of bullshit that's been going on for years. But they literally right now are not. I don't know what they are. Because they're not pro Because we can't have traditional pro wrestling talks about them. We can't sit here, Joe, and you say, well, I think Rey Mysterio should win the eye for an eye patch. You know what I mean? Because it's no, like, no. a man's eye will stop- literally be gouged out on pay-per-view. Like, we're done well, we- with this. We stopped analyzing their booking two years ago. Right. I mean, but that now we, we like literally right. should just name, we just say what matches are going to happen, do a sentence about them, and then move on. Because like you can't do any more than that. It, we're doing a disservice to ourselves, wasting our brain power talking about a Wyatt Swamp fight at the horror show at Extreme Rules, or even just their rank and file matches. None of it means anything. No. It's it's just um, it's just bad. It's it's all of it is bad. And even when they when there's occasionally a really good match, I mean, there's usually like some kind of bullshit finish, like with the, um, you know, the 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 uh, Io Shirai versus Sasha Banks match, or the 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 Asuka versus uh, Bailey match. Like, there's always some bullshit at the end. Um, you know, it, it's it's just really bad. I mean, uh, you know, there's only so many ways you can say it. They're the worst wrestling company on earth right now yeah, from an with, enjoyment with, standpoint. Like literally right? nothing redeemable at this point. They don't do good matches, which no. is impossible given the, the people that are on the roster. Their booking the is terrible. Booking is atrocious. The house style promos are, are maybe the worst thing about the yeah, entire the production is bad. Nobody is being built up. There's nothing you can you, you, you can't you can't hit your wagon to anybody either. You know what I mean? You can't say, no. well, you know, yeah, I don't like this stuff, but man, this guy is coming up, or, or you know, I'm excited to see what they do with him, or they're building him up slowly but surely. It's just like, no, nobody, nobody matters, nothing matters. A man's no, eye will that's... be gouged out on pay per view, I guess. It's, it's, I, I it's just, I, I don't know how we talk about them moving forward. I guess we just continue what we're doing right now and just blow through it as quickly as possible and just not give any brain power thought. I mean, it sucks, but you know, I, I think the, I think they overinflate the positive reactions they get to their, this new gimmick match formula. I think they overinflate the positive reactions they get in places like social media because their core fan base eats up all of that stuff. You know, if you look at polls or anything like that, like all of these weird matches, whether it's money in the bank, all of them, the boneyard, all of them, the, the Bray Wyatt thing, you know, positive response up it, but that's their core audience that they're never going to lose. They're not building audience. Like people are leaving in droves on right. a week. I, I love the hey. If you don't like it, just stop watching. It's like, dude, look at the numbers. A lot of people have made that choice. Like, so it's like the, 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 these out. Like I, I kind of understand why they're thinking outside the box with some of these new match types and whatnot. But that stuff really only appeals to the people who are going to like anything that they do. Right. You know. The people that will tell you that these Sasha Banks and Bailey segments are the world's greatest thing, and then I watch them, and they're okay. They're thoroughly fine, and it's like that kind of fan's going to eat everything up. They're going to eat up the Boneyard match. They're going to eat up the Bray Wyatt Swamp bullshit. They, you know, they're losing everyone else rapidly. So, you know, you know, I, I get why they try that stuff though, because nothing else seems to be working. But this is a self-fulfilled prophecy because they stopped making stars 10 years ago. Right, and they wanted to. It was, a, it was, a, it was a, you know, yeah. nobody, none of their stars will leave them anymore because there are no stars. So, great. The brand is yeah. the draw, except for nobody likes now the brand anymore. So. Except now it isn't. Yeah, and, and now they, they don't even have money matches that they can put together. They don't even have anything they could hot shot. Who could That's they hot I mean. shot? Like, honestly, if you wanted to say, if I said Joe, gun to your head, 
book this Monday, this Monday's Raw to give me the biggest rating we could possibly get and, and, and get back on track and get it. I really don't know what I Other than bringing John Cena and The Rock back. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, do you do... Maybe you're not allowed to Sasha. bring The Rock and, and, and John Cena back. So I guess it's Sasha I mean, versus... They, I don't know. they put Sasha and Bailey on every show, and they're hoping that that works, and it really hasn't. Outside of drawing a bunch of old men to NXT two weeks ago. <laughs> right. I mean, it, I mean, I'm, that's just a fact. No, I, mean, I, I know. I just love it. Yeah, it's so great. But it's like outside... Of, like, <laughs> Sasha and Bailey. I mean, they built Raw around them this week, and Raw did, like, you know... The worst first hour of all time and the third worst, you know, rating ever. So it's like they're overexposing Sasha and Bailey now. And I'm not trying to beat up Sasha and Bailey. They're they're doing it. They're honestly the best thing on any of these shows right now. They really are. But it's like the versus what? Everything else is horrendous. I mean, they're the best thing on the same show with R Truth chasing around ninjas. And and Robert Stone and fucking I mean you know what Garbage. I mean so, like, so bad this is so bad it's just shit yeah the 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 you know and, and we'll talk about this in the coming weeks as well but the the you know as bad as it's been you said this you know this week's the first hour was the lowest third hour or the lowest first hour uh, in the history time. of the three hour format that's all the way in July 2012 we're now uh, the comp there. Um, you know, rose briefly for hour two, fell eight percent hour three to one thousand six hundred twelve viewers or one million point uh, one million uh, six hundred six thousand twelve viewers. I mean, it's 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 just not. And the thing that's going to happen again, like we'll talk about it in the coming weeks, but like sports are coming, MLB yeah. is coming with like a season that's essentially a football season with baseball, where every game matters, every game is life and death in this baseball season, and an NBA season where they're going to be in the playoffs here in a couple weeks if all things go well and NFL on the horizon and real live sports. And that is dude, <laughs> if these numbers are the way they are now with nothing else going on, literally nothing. They're showing fucking NBA 2k 20 games on ESPN. They're showing cornhole on ESPN. Yeah. Not, I mean, people are watching anything else but wrestling. And now you're going to put live sports in there and big time have- live sports, not just fucking run of the mill. I mean, you're going to get, a huge MLB season, a huge NBA season, NHL coming, NFL on the horizon. Like it's going to get the, the bloodbath is coming, man. This is nothing. Oh yeah, yeah. And they had a chance to have everyone's attention for like four months. And you know, the only game in town, literally the only game in town, doing anything live. And they'll blame COVID at empty arena, and there's no question that's had an effect because the atmosphere is so bad. But this trend was long before COVID. We've been talking about this for a year, year and a half. This trend. This was coming anyway. This sped it up. There's no stars. That's the bottom line. Hackneyed, old, tired production and presentation. That's the bottom line. The nurses I read about. The nurses got upset about something, yes. Yes. Oh, interesting. So we thought we lost. We thought <laughs> we thought we lost a laptop in uh, on our vacation. Yeah. Uh, so much so that we uh, we did it like a, a location tracker and found it in Alabama. Alabama. There it is. So. Ew, location tracker was fake. <laughs> I don't know what's we going were on. What it come in the mail? No, it's right here. It's, it was in a bag or something. Oh. Is it your fault then, and not mine? Slightly my fault. Yes. All right. We're good. I said slightly. <laughs> 
Well, I'll take that. Yeah, but you, you take gotta... that. Also, I you just take... told everyone at work that you fucking lost my laptop. So... <laughs> well, I got a new laptop now because you bought a new one. So, all right. Oh, fuck me. Well, wait. All right, all right we're, we're, on, we're on a tight schedule here. Hey, what do you got wait, going? You already kind of promised you'd pay for the new one. <laughs> well, not anymore, you so. You that you lost Yep, one? I did. Those so were... I can sell you that one. Those were old promises, it. Michelle. I'll give you $600 for it. It's damaged. 600 It's locked. Get out of here. We got to go. We got to wrap this show up. Okay, wrap the show up. But holy shit! I'm glad you lost it, not me. So I didn't lose it. Okay. All right. No, 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 no. First of all, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna take this back and throw it in the ocean. No, 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 no. It's a nice laptop. So. Hi. How are you? Hi. I was wondering what the oh my fucking god was. I thought there was like you know maggots. <laughs> Something. I was, I was like, what do I have to clean up now here in a sec? But no. Okay. So it was in my toiletry bag. Uh huh. Okay. Like, yeah. Oh, this is so her fault. This is absolutely uh, two weeks of guilt trips. No, three weeks of guilt trips. Guilt trips? I didn't guilt trip. Oh, uh, okay. I was simply searching for a new laptop, <laughs> and you like you were like, oh, well, that laptop's three times more expensive than the computer you're currently using. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. The last laptop I had was free because it was paid for. So You hearing this, show? That's why I guilt tripped you, because you were giving me a hard time about how much I was spending on the yeah. new laptop. By the way, I did admit to losing this one. So I and you did admit to losing that one. The laptop's back, so we're good. No Rich, it was in. No Rich, in it was in her bag. I, look, her <laughs> I know. This is a hundred percent her fault. I fell on the sword. Bag. I fell on the sword, but it is clearly her fault. It's clearly her fault. Yeah. Three weeks of guilt trips. Done. Oof. Sitting in a bag with her nail polish. <laughs> The thing Toilet is, too, we did, like, a location thing. I wonder if I can even get into this thing. We did, like, a location thing, and I, like, met, like emailed Microsoft and was like, somebody stole our laptop. And, like, I have, like, a message on there, too. Like, if you find this laptop, you stole it out of our room, you asshole. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I made, like, a burner email account because I don't want to use my real email because we wanted to say, hey, if you feel, like, you know, oh, if you, uh, if you, if. If you're the one that stole this laptop and you have any conscience in there, you have anybody, you know, like, like email us here and like return it or whatever. And I like, I wasn't going to use my real phone number because I'm like, ah, this could be real criminals. You know what I mean? Like, we don't, I don't want this guy knowing my like real email or my yeah. phone number or whatever. So I made yeah. like a burner email account and was like, email this address if you have any soul, <laughs> you asshole from Alabama. <laughs> like, no, nah, it was nope. one of those. That's in right. her bag. In her bag. <laughs> oh boy wow you won this one i did that, that's gonna man it's a big win between this up. between this and louie not having cancer we're we're, we're riding high it, that's right things that's were right. going things were going bad for a while here but we're fucking we're going man. i'm gonna buy a lot of ticket let's go rich running good I'm doing doing pretty good. New Japan Funny. Cup. <laughs> How do we do? We go to it. Do we do it? We, we gotta do, do it, it, right? Yeah, we, we gotta go. do it. We gotta we gotta transition. All right. These are reviews. They're qu- they're previews. They're quick. New Japan Cup Finals, Joe, coming up this weekend. Of course, the finals of the New Japan Cup. Pretty fun tournament. We will have uh, crowds here, though. Uh, what is it? Four or five thousand, I think, is the is the number. I forget the exact, but uh, a third full. Uh, Osaka Joe Hall. Uh, the matches on the New Japan Cup Finals, and we have a uh, preview up at VoicesOfWrestling.com as well, by the way, if you want to read extensive thoughts about this. Uh, Great Bash Heel versus Yotasuji and Yuya Uemura. 
I like that Great Bash Heels getting a straight two versus two tag and picking up a big win too. I like that. Yeah, I oh, like. Yeah, yeah. That. I think. Well, they have. I think they have confidence in Hanma again because he came out here and he's looking pretty damn good. So I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know what drugs he put in his body, but man, I think they have a little bit more confidence because they would not have booked this last year with the state that his body was in last year. So something yeah. must be going on with him where they they oh, at least oh. have some confidence in him again. And a limited roster. Let's be fair. Sure. So of course. But it, I I always like when like. Because there's also a Tenkoji match, which you're going to say next. Yeah. And it's like, I like when the, the the traditional tag teams have traditional two versus two tags. And, uh, you know, they're facing Young Lion teams in both cases, so they're going to pick up wins. Uh, exactly. Tenkoji versus uh, Hiroki Goto and Gabriel Kidd. So I wonder who's taking the, uh, the J-O-B for that one. I think it might think be Gabriel Kidd. <laughs> old Gabe Kidd taking that taking Western the strongest arm. Yeah, I think he's yeah. the strongest arm is going to be. Right across the chest. <laughs> the end of him. Uh, all right. This is the match that everybody is waiting for, Joe. And I, I know you're, uh, you're you're chomping at the bit here for this one. Master Watto versus Dookie. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I think everyone's looking forward to it. We talked about it a little bit when they set the match up. Any kind of undercard singles match that they're going to give you uh, to sink your teeth into, little undercard program or feud, is tremendous stuff. And you look at Dookie's... Uh, you look at Dukai's uh, uh, <laughs> comments on the website, okay, and he's talking about he wants revenge. And he's not wrong. He's I, I'm, I'm Team Dukey on this one. I think he's yeah, right. He, it is bullshit. He's, he's tired of these guys going to CMLL and becoming the golden child and coming back, and fuck that. He spent all that time in Mexico, and no one treats him any different. So he attacked him with a lead pipe, and uh, and now it's on. So I'm into this. I'm into this dopey little undercard feud between two guys who – you know, if it's not Young Lions, they're not beating anybody else, but they could beat each other. And we'll see if Master Watto is a dismal failure that they have to repackage or if it's something that, you know, they can continue using moving forward. That's the thing about Master Watto. It's an open book. Who knows what's going to happen right, with this? Right, right. So it could think... be a dismal failure or it could be like a little comedy thing or, you know, who knows. But um, but I'm into this. And Watto's going to beat him. You would agree with that, right? I oh, mean, of course. It's... Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, he's going to beat him. Uh, something's going to happen in the final. He's going to attack Evil backstage, beat Okada, then beat Naito and Dominion, and 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 truly be the Master Watto that we've all been waiting for. So, yeah, and I mean, you know, Duka Duka is the perfect guy to. Is it Doki? Like, like I just say it different every time because I don't know. I think it's Doki. Yeah, Doki. Doki, like pizza dough and the thing that opens a door. Yes, Doki. I believe that is correct. Yeah. Yeah, so Dokai, I mean, he's the perfect guy for uh, Watto to, you know, get a win under his belt out of the gate. So it's good booking. It's a nice little undercard feud. I got to be honest. I hope it lasts longer than one match. I hope these guys have a nice little feud that goes on for a couple of months, especially with the limited roster. You know, you're going to need things to fill your cards. So intriguing, though, just to see how Master Watto shakes out. Yeah, it's a big one. This is a big – I mean, this is this is what you live for here is, is like a young lion – gets repackaged what do they look like in their first match what do they look like in their first big match I, I i should say and that's what you know all eyes will be on that is see if he can he can rise to the occasion i think you know doki's a pretty good opponent for him and and i'm i'm curious like i'm rooting for him i hope it works i hope it's kind of cool like i don't want him to be a complete dork that i laugh at all the time like i really don't want a complete joke on the new japan roster and whatnot so i'm curious where it goes hopefully you know it works out and it, it, it goes pretty well but uh yeah so are you, are you, you pegging this at four or five stars you know, Rich, I get the sense you're being a little facetious. A little, no, I think it'll be. I think it'll be pretty solid. 
I, I think he's just but, not a star, but I think I think I think Kawato's pretty solid. But we'll I think um, look, look, Kawato. I, I don't think he's ever going to be a player. I never thought he was ever going to be a player. That's why I'm not too concerned with whether the gimmick gets over or not. He's going to be an undercard guy. He's going to be a nice little undercard junior, and that's what he's going to be. You know, the question is, is he still going to have that crowd connection that he had when he was a young lion? Or will the gimmick kind of take that away because people right. don't take it seriously? And we're never really going to know until we have full crowds. So that's the question. In all seriousness, all the shtick aside, the serious question here for Kawato is, will he still have the same crowd connection he had before? Or whether the gimmick just sucks it all away because people just can't take him seriously. Right, and that's an important thing for this guy. He's a guy who really relied yeah. on that crowd It's really all he had. has. Yeah, right, exactly. Because There's nothing else going for him aside from that crowd connection. So, um, you know, we see if he retains that or not. Uh, other matches here, we got Sonata and Bushi versus uh, Yujiro Takahashi and Taiji Ishimori. Uh, any thoughts on that one? Uh, no, no, no. Just, the, you know, it should be, it could be good. It could be really good. I mean, if, if Yujiro stays out of the way, um, depending on the time they get, I think it could be an entertaining match. So um, that's all I have to say about it. Yeah. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kotobushi, Yuji Nagata, and Ryusuke Taguchi versus Suzuki Goon. It's going to be Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr., and El Desperado. I'm, I'm kind of, I, I always love the Tanahashi, Ibushi, Nagata, Taguchi combo. That, that's, that, 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 it should be a pretty fun match. Let's get to the title match. Let's, Let's just it. get to the tag title match and. I assume they'll do it on Dominion. Um, there, yeah, it's, of, it's already booked. Yeah, it's already that's, booked. That's for, three, yeah, it's, right? it's, it's already booked on Dominion. Yeah, so that that is one of the three. Uh, we got Chaos. It's Ishi, Yano, and Sho uh, versus Naito, Shingo, and Hiromu. So just kind of building up, you know, just a, just a match to happen on the show. So well, that's Sho and Shingo setting up their never match. Exactly right. Which we're getting also on Dominion. So you know, Yo is out for a long time. Show has a real opportunity here because Yo blew out his knee. Mm-hmm. So Show's going to be a singles guy for about a year. So this is put up or shut up time. We know he has the tools. We know he has the physical presence. We know he has the charisma, uh, the bell to bell charisma, right? But this is a year to show, no pun intended, <laughs> that he can be more than just a mid card player. So maybe they do like a three match series with. You know, Shingo, which, you know, they love to do. And I think we're going to get a lot of those with the limited roster. A lot of these three-match series. Hey, that, that Dude, you know, I'm in. Do. I'm into it. I love that stuff. So, so um, you know, this, you know, the, the yo injury, I feel bad for him. But for show, this is kind of like the silver lining with your tag team being out of the picture. Is he really has a chance here to stand out and step up. And then we see what they do about the junior tag team titles also down the line. Right, right, right. I think, yeah, by the time Yo comes back, I think we're going to know what show is. And, and uh, the, the way things are trending, I think Yo is going to come back to a very different world uh, if and when he comes back. And it stinks because it was already, Show was already kind of so, showing himself to be a little bit higher on the pecking order. But now losing a year of Yo is, it, yeah, that that's going to really put him uh, behind and and i should also note that uh yoshihashi i do not believe is on these shows either i he had some sort of knee injury too i don't have they announced his knee injury i yeah. know they announced the yo one did they say what yoshihashi's one was i don't remember the specifics but he's out for a while yeah yeah, yeah. it looked like I, honestly if i was looking it looked like he blew his entire knee out so um i thought he was working but um you know i guess not uh, but, i saw I, I unfortunately saw like a very slow-mo recap of it somebody was like hey i think yoshihashi got hurt and i watched it and i was like "Ooh, i don't know if your knee can bend that way and work it so um, well good for him for getting in there and doing the squash yeah for sure after he hurt his knee but uh if it were if i were in charge rapongi 3k is dead 
Why even put them back together? Yeah, you're, you're done. That's over. It's over. Just whatever you're going to do with Yo, do it. You know, Show is going to establish himself for a year and bring Yo in with a repackage. It, you know, it, there's no reason to put them back together. Why? So they could win the junior tag titles for like the fifth straight year at Wrestle Kingdom and just repeat the same fucking it just it, they're done they should be done i would not put them back together it's yo comes back does his own thing and then uh then of course the new japan cup final okada versus evil we talked about this a lot last week i think you wh- where do we both side on that i think evil wins this just because business wise you do evil and naito in dominion i guess they could blow the doors off and do okada but there's just no reason to do that that's just they don't usually book this way so that that's like purely business sense evil f- feels like the play I guess they could do Okada, but it just doesn't feel right. I think it's Naito versus Evil. I, be, I mean, the only reason you would do Okada is if you're just saying, we're back, we have fans, we're making a big splash, right? That's the only reason you would do it. But would you sacrifice that that match? Not that match. There's a lot of the, matches I would sacrifice just to say, hey, we're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not one of them, though. I think it'd be very stupid. So um, I absolutely would do Evil. It's the perfect kind of match for this scenario. For, you know, the limited capacity, because you're going to fill the building anyway, and you're not burning a money match. It's perfect. You do evil. I really think it would have I, – I still think it would have been Sonata. I think evil is an audible. I think evil is an audible because they think Sonata is a bigger match, because it is. Sonata Naito is a bigger yeah, match. For, of course. Yeah, for sure. So I, I, I think this is a rare situation where they called an audible, and they don't do that often. They usually stick to the plan, for better or worse. But I just get the sense that this was, um, you know, deciding not to burn off that Sonata match. So, you know, watch Okada win now. But I have to think it's evil. All right. And then we have uh, Dominion. Uh, that will be the next night. You got Naito versus the winner of the New Japan Cup, of course, for the IWGP Heavyweights and uh, Intercontinental Championship. I assume it's evil. You and I both say evil. Naito obviously defeats evil and, and retains the title, right? Yeah, Naito hasn't done shit. So I feel like he's going to come out and have an incredible match. I feel like he's been in these six and eight man tags and just the effort, you know, and why should he? I wouldn't kill myself in front of no fans and these dopey little six man tags either. But I think this, you know, they're back. His champion's big run has been interrupted. I think he's going to get in there with either guy and just, you know, have an incredible match. I really think he's going to be driven. Yeah, especially in Osaka too, where where he always does bring do his best work. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, Golden Ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Kotobushi defend their tag team titles against Suzuki Goon, Taichi, and Zack Saber Jr. Yeah, let's let's uh, do what we're going to do here with this. I, I suspect they'll do a title change, and these two teams will be linked up for the. I, I really think they're going to do a lot of repeat stuff with the limited roster. Yeah, I think so too. I, I kind of actually forgot that <laughs> Golden Ace was the tag team champions, but it rules. Like when I was going through this card, I was like, "Oh yeah, right. That's so awesome." I, we've been waiting for years for them to put like you know two main eventers together in a tag team and have them win the tag team titles, and they finally did it. And obviously, it got interrupted or whatnot. But yeah, this is not the last I think of this matchup. I think you're going to get this matchup or this combination, um, whether it's you know maybe maybe Minoru Suzuki slides in once or twice or whatever. You know, you know, what I mean, in, in places Zack Saber Jr. But that that sort of combination of guys is probably going to happen quite a few times. Rich, I think the absence of the IC title, because it's combined right now, is why they put the tag team titles on sure. Tanahashi. Yeah, yeah, you need, you need to make that draw. You need to make that become a, a title that can main event, and it, it could. Absolutely. I think they were going to headline with them throughout the early, the first half of the year. 
because of the absence of the IC title. It was going to replace the IC title in the pecking order. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, we'll probably see a title change because I don't think Shingo is going to lose to show. And then, uh, yeah, obviously, um, the never open point title, Shingo versus show. I think, I think Shingo obviously retains that title. If, if yeah. you want to do the show reign, you could do that at some point, but now is not the time. I don't think Shingo is going to lose them twice in a row. Um, it's, it's, it's shaky enough having him lose to a junior once, but you can kind of get away with it. Cause it's new Japan cup. I think if you beat him again, that even if he re even if he regains it on the next show, it's, he still kind of looks weak, right? He's got to beat show here and now. Yeah. And, he, it's not show's time right now. I mean, you can build no, that up not. for, for years. Honestly. I mean, I, I wouldn't, maybe not that long, but at least throughout the year, let, let him chase a little bit before this. I mean, he had, he had the one big moment. He got the visual pinfall over Shingo it's not time to win this time now. Shingo beats him, puts him in the rear view, quote unquote, for now. But but Show is still there. Show has now proven that he he belongs in this part of the card. He's now proven that he's a singles wrestler. You know, what I mean, there's a lot you can do. There's so much story to tell that if he just beats him on this moment, then like, what the hell is that story? Like, there's nothing there. Yeah, and then Shingo wins two out of three, and you know, you you, you finish it for now. But they're going to be linked forever. I mean, that's just sure. This, this is one of those rivalries where it's not going to end there. You can go back to it later, even later this year, now that all of your Rapongi 3K plans are, are out the window. So, And then I guess, you know, I'm hoping they do something with the junior tags on the rest of this Dominion show once we get the rest of the card. Because I think that could be an interesting new... Do- I'm so burnt out on Rapongi 3K. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, we talked about it at the beginning of the year when, you know, about the, you know, yeah. just the laughable idea of them winning the titles back again, you know, and again and again and again and again, and it's so boring. So, yeah, it'd be nice to see them maybe do, like, a, you know, a, a title forfeiture here or something or a vacate of the titles. And then, yeah, maybe, you know, in the next round of shows or you do a number one contenders match on this show or something, something like that would be pretty cool because I think it's it's time to get some fresh blood in that division for sure. I want my man Kanemaru back in the mix. Kanemaru and Despi. Let's do it, man. I love that team. All right. We are way over time here. <laughs> That's all right. Oh, not way over time. Well, it's 12 minutes over time. It's fine. The old yeah. days that would have mattered these days, it matters a little bit, but uh, not nearly as much as it did. But anyway, uh, as I said, big previews of the New Japan Cup as well as Dominion up at uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com. The Dominion one's not up yet, but we'll be up uh, pretty soon. Uh, Patreon.com slash VoicesOfWrestling, $5 tier. November to remember, the usual TV reviews every single week. In your house, in your house. Live Q&As. I'm potentially doing one of those this weekend. Excited about that. Uh, another series coming up after that. We have plenty of stuff on there. Patreon.com slash VoicesOfWrestling. Uh, $1, $5, and $10 tier. So you'll find something alike for sure. Uh, on those tiers. And again, yeah, Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. Don't just listen to us. Listen to uh, all the other uh, great podcasts on this network. So anyway, we're out of time. So for Joel Lanza, I'm Rich Krejci. We'll talk to you guys next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Take care.